Oiga, señor, we are federales. You know, the mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. This is Enter VR, the podcast on all things virtual reality and reality itself. I'm Chris Miranda, your host, and today I'm speaking with Matt, and you might know him in, on Reddit as VMU Kiss uh, underscore Kiss, and he's created some really cool VR demos in the past, and I'm here to catch up with you and see what you're up to these days. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you? Uh, not much, just, you know, working on some demos, um, trying to get some games out, hopefully before CB1, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What are you working on in specifically these days? Uh, there's two main projects. One is a, um, a visual novel. Uh, oh. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Um, basically like, um, uh, well, mostly back in the 90s, they're still around now, but they were popular in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japanese games had uh, what they called visual novels, which is basically similar to like uh, you know the sim date games. Interesting. You know, so you pick that, yeah, pick different paths. You know, you got the animations and pictures and all that different backdrops, and it goes through the story. What's the closest approximation to that that exists today? Uh, probably most of those JRPG games on like PlayStation, where it's a two D character. You know, their faces keep changing, it's got text and all that, and then you've got a battle scene. Oh, so, um, JRPGs yeah. like that line of, uh, how do you say, develop? I don't know, development or story development, don't they? Yeah. Interesting. Why, why, are, you, why are you trying to do a visual novel for VR? And what do you what, what do you see that you can get out of it? Uh, I kind of, uh, you know, I used to do visual novels, um, you know, as a teenager and all that, and they were quite... Interesting. It's a nice way to tell a story, and I wanted to see how I could bring that really into 3D. So I've been doing it where, you know, it's 3D, it's got animations, all that stuff. You've basically got free roam, but um, kind of like GTA, as soon as you get up to a person, it stops. Um, you know, you'll be talking to that person, so it's going to have animation, mostly going to be all voice actors instead of having text to read. And, um, yeah, just in general, just you'll kind of have free roam around the... It's based on Japanese high school, so you have free room around the high school, be able to talk to people randomly, but also progress through the story. And basically, there'll be certain um, objects you can do, but obviously, because you've got free room, you can do them at any point you want. Wow, that's kind of that's that's pretty cool. And I mean, what what inspired you to go this this route? This is the first visual novel that I hear of, and like, how do you plan on taking advantage of the, I'm asking so many questions, how do you plan on taking advantage of the 360 ability of, of the Rift or VR? Well, um, I'm hoping to have it where it's going to be first person, obviously, mm-hmm. you'll be able to go through a whole school and all that kind of stuff, go into classrooms, uh, go up to the top of the roof, basically it's uh, based on um, some Japanese high schools. Mm-hmm. So um, you've got a whole, you've got the whole high school ground. You can go actually into the high school. You've got classrooms, toilets, um, infirmary. You've got a um, pool at the top of the roof as well. 
hopefully I'll have a track and maybe a, um, a basketball court as well somewhere there. So it's mostly just centered around the school. Then I've got like a third, third person view where basically you're moving your character over a map where it's got all these little cartoony Japanese houses and all that stuff. So if you have to go to someone's house or do that, then go back to first person in the room and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. I mean, is there a is there a particular anime or or a source that sort of inspi- inspired you to go for the visual novel in the Japanese school setting? Not not really. It's more um, I don't really have the skills to three D model, or don't have the time, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I've been picking and choosing certain assets, but also I've been getting some custom assets made. So. Um, it really just seemed to all connect together to be able to create a, a story based around a Japanese high school. And there's a, um, I know for PlayStation, there's, uh, there's a few, uh, the, the PSP, I know that, um, had a few of those little games like that. One popular one was, um, I think it's High School of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I so, think you I know, know. There's heaps of, yeah, heaps of ways you can go with that kind of stuff. It's the one with the zombies, right? And it's super gruesome and it's s- super sensual and you know crazy like yeah yeah exactly and you know it's obviously it's in a high school but also it's you know all 2d but it's the same thing it's a visual novel just with um action added on that i like that and that anime now that you remind me like that was a really good anime um i you know i feel like um i feel like anime is a in i mean for people who like it it's 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 awesome but like for the mainstream, I feel like it's an underappreciated medium. Um, cause you've, you know, I, I remember watching a documentary about it and it was like, um, you know, anime, what, what it is, it's like, uh, it's this artistic expression from Japanese, uh, creators who don't have the budget, you know, that big Hollywood movies would have. Um, and so they, they use, you know, pencil, pencil and paper or whatever tools they use these days to, you know, put together these amazingly creative worlds. Like, that High School of the Dead thing, that that was a really good anime. Um, that and I've been hooked on uh, Attack on Titan lately. I don't know if you heard of that one. Yeah, I've been wanting to get into that. Um, that and uh, Sword Art Online, it seems to be the main ones that um, people in the community really are watching at the moment. That one, I tried getting into it because it was a big deal on our Oculus. And I, fuck. I just I don't know why I just I just couldn't there maybe I have to stick a little longer but the first episode wasn't it was just I don't know it was just it just didn't click with me. Mm. Do you, does the season get better or or what do you think? Uh, it definitely gets better, but um I'd say within the first three or four episodes, if you don't if it doesn't really you know uh, pique your interest, I, I'd say you're probably not gonna like it. Interesting, yeah, because I, I mean I love VR and I love the concept behind it. And I and I seen some demos. I think I've seen some demos where people have ported out that that world to VR. On I think on our Oculus, someone posted something like that. I, if not, I'm probably completely wrong. But yeah, I'm gonna give it another shot. I I, I think yeah I I I think the hype is real. <laughs> but if not, yeah. oh well. Well, it's one of those things. You know, everyone's got different things, and you know, some people you know love it because it's got the VR, but it's kind of a secondary. Um, you know, storyline in there. I mean, mm. they're stuck in VR, but it's more about them going through the process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, some people like it, some people won't like it. You know, it's all it's all up in the air until you really watch it. Yeah, what is the gist of it? Like, is it, is, so you're saying VR is not the main 
you know, focus of the... Well, of well the... it's the secondary focus. Basically, they're being stuck in VR, mm-hmm. and um, basically the whole thing is they're... I think... I have only watched a little bit, but I think basically if they... I might be getting mixed up with Matrix. If they die in VR, they die in real life. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, they're all stuck in there, and the only way to get out is basically to beat the game. But oh. it's been made specifically to try to, you know, force them to stay in there. So they do wake up, um, you know, from VR if they kind of win. But, you know, obviously it's more about the struggle of them trying to do that than, you know, being VR kind of thing. Do you think Do you think that the creators of that anime are, were t- trying to tap into a real fear of people? Like a fear of actually one day being stuck in VR or or is this, or, or, you know, or where do you think it comes from? I think it's partly that. I think it's partly corporations, you know, using people, um, obviously, you know, against their will. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those things, you know, um, it's mostly corporations are doing this stuff, um, basically doing their own, you know, nefarious deeds yeah. without, you know, without anyone, you know, <laughs> caring about it. Let me get your thought on this. Do you think, I mean, it's now that we're on this and the uh, weird slash rabbit hole slash crazy is accelerating exponentially right now um so uh brace yourself it's gonna be a good one do you think humans in the future i mean do you think that we have a a fundamental human right to be able to know that we live in reality my my thing is like and i think i think uh, i i pretty i'm no i'm pretty sure that in my lifetime we're gonna be able to nail something whether you know whether it's a neural implant or something that will like that will cross the uncanny valley and and i and i wonder like you know will will you know the congress or the governments of the future regulate you know somehow to make sure that people know (laughs) people know that they're in vr and they know that they're in reality you know because otherwise i feel like that could get abused you know like yeah. Am I in reality or am I in 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 the metaverse? Like, do we have yeah. a right to know that? Uh, I think we've got a right to know that, but it's one of those things. Like, um, you know, although virtual reality, you know, um, right now is you know currently the a big thing. Like, as we can see from CES, you know, everyone wants to mm-hmm. jump on the bandwagon, but um, it's one of those things where it's been in everyone's minds and hearts, you know, since the early nineties. Actually, a little bit probably in the 80s, there was a little bit of a resurgence, you know, just from the stuff that happened in the 60s. So I think that's, you know, that helps near the end of the 80s, early 90s. So um, it's one of those things, like, it's it's been in everyone's minds and it's it was basically blown out of proportion of what we could do compared to what we could at that time. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're getting a lot closer now, but it's one of those things where um, we've got all, these, got all these ideas and all that and, it's it's one of those things like the Palmer said, you know, um, if someone, you know, is communicating with people and all that stuff, it's just they're not physically with that that person. They're in their own reality in VR. I mean, is that an issue? If they've got no one around, they're home or say they're stuck to the bed because, you know, they've got an illness or something like that, mm-hmm. but they are interacting, they are, you know, their brain is still firing off, having social interactions, they're still enjoying themselves. Basically, they are happy. Mm-hmm. Is it really our right to to take away from that? I mean, currently, <clears throat> currently, I look at all these people that play World of Warcraft and all that. Like, you know, days on end. I mean, it is sad that we have had, um, you know, cases where they played like, you know, days straight and you know just died. Yeah. But um, 
it's one of those things where like if they're actually doing that and socializing with other people and they don't really have anything in the the real world to do that i mean do they have a right to be able to do that or not because i mean it's based on you know when do we say enough is enough compared to someone's right to say they want to do this or not i think and i'm about to lose twitter followers i think (laughs) i think um i think people can do whatever the fuck they want as long as they're not hurting others and so i feel like that you know but but the problem i mean it's like it's you know what it is it's like i feel like we're having a a um an argument about drugs without you know like but these are technological drugs like you could you could replace virtual reality with cocaine you could replace virtual reality with alcohol like you know what i'm saying like what you just said just now all of all of it you you know the virtual reality part you can cross it out and put in whatever you want caffeine you can put in i mean because what is it um Tim Ferriss says something like, you know, there's nothing, there's no free lunch. There's no no such thing as a free lunch. Everything will affect you. Every food, every, and so, you know, even in that sense, VR as well, I think that we should have the freedom to be educated and decide what's best for us. But I think, I think the key is having the freedom to, to, to say to my, to educate myself. You know, and have that access. That that is, that is the most important thing. Like, if I don't have access to you know alternative ideas and alternative points of views, then I'm not a free human. I'm not free. I'm just um I I might be thinking that I'm free because I live in this life, but I I don't have you know the pluralistic um a pluralistic sort of what what kind of big word am I using? A pluralistic just just compendium that was i just made up a word of ideas that we can a diversity of ideas that i can pick and choose from you know i feel like that's what freedom is you know the ability to choose um based on whatever rationale you have in your mind to like decide whether you know what way you're gonna live your life so it's a toughie it's a very it's a tough question holy shit that's uh that's gonna be a pickle in the future my my i think the thing is though really like and this is this might not ever be an issue, but if we ever do cross the uncanny valley, and then people can't distinguish between VR and real life, you know, could that be abused? Could 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 you know, could I don't know? Could like the the virtual casino of 2040 uh, keep you inside its you know doors for as long as it wants because it's sedating you with its magnificence or something? I don't know. Well, it's one of those things. I mean, look at uh, advertising. Advertising, they always say, you know, they've got psychological aspects for that. You know, the whole, it's, you know, 99 cents, you know, to make people, you know, think it's cheaper, even though we know it's not, you know, there's mm-hmm. a psychological aspect to that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start doing that kind of stuff in casinos and all that and trying to use, you know, NPCs to, you know, basically coax people to stay there. Mm. You know, yeah. that's the thing, and the, the bigger we get with, um, you know, the internet and everything else, and the more, you know, um, sophisticated we get with AI, it's literally could be the point where, you know, they literally could have, um, you know, NPCs, you know, basically having conversations and flirting with people to make them stay in there and keep, you know, keep playing. Yeah, uh, that is, that is, what you just said, that's my theory as to how the overpopulation thing with humanity will somehow be solved by ai and the world i feel like 
you know, there, there's people who believe that we might go to war with machines one day. And I think that there's a possibility. But I also think that there's a possibility that humanity won't go out in a bang with like Terminator and massive, you know, second renaissance from the Mat Animatrix sort of warfare. I think it's, it might be more subtle, like, like all of a sudden we're going to be surrounded by virtual, you know, virtual NPCs. And we might think that they're real people. And we might start falling in love with these real people and these, you know, quote unquote, real people. And these quote unquote, real people might, how do you say, they might um, influence us to think a certain way. So, for example, I know that I'm a hella naive. I'm hella naive. Like I can, I can, I'm pretty gullible. <laughs> like you can tell me a lot of things and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I believe you. But, you know, if you run and I might run a, a test of questions. But for the most part, I'll, I'll believe you. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm naive. I think he, that could be abused for a, a lot of humans, with a lot of humans. I think, you know, we might just not, we might get influenced by the AI to just not reproduce, if you know what I'm saying. That is the ultimate, that could be the ultimate <laughs> end goal for it, if it, if it wanted to reduce population or... Well, you know. exactly. Like, um, what was it? Uh, we've had, you know, heaps of movies that have, you know, kind of, you know, gone towards this step, like, um, iRobot, we had where, you know, the robots thought the only way to make sure the humans didn't hurt themselves was to control them, mm -hmm. you know, look at her, you know, you had, um, people in relationships with artificial intelligence and Cherry 2000, that was literally like robots that, you know, you had where, you know, it was like a person, Yeah. you, you know, you're with them, you know, and, you know, basically there was no need to even have a real person anymore. Yeah. So, you know, we've had a lot of these kind of things and, it could even come to a combination of um, it might be done behind our backs and we'll never know. Like say like a robot, they want to make sure that, you know, the humans don't hurt, hurt themselves. Uh, they just want to protect them. So it could be something like that mixed with like say from the movie Her where they basically start interacting and basically becoming, you know, um, close, to the, close to the humans and basically influence them to do everything and who knows, possibly even, you know, marriage and all that other stuff after that. Mm -hmm. But that could be their way to help the humans, you know. If they if they can manipulate the humans and control them and, you know, basically help, you know, stop any of these issues, then, you know, we probably wouldn't have an idea. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's a saying. Um, and by the way, I never do this, but I, I'm going to address the people who are listening to this because I, they might start they, they might start wondering like why am i talking about ai if this is about virtual reality and i i have this notion that artificial intelligence the the whatever thing we create this semi-sentient hybrid living thing that will you know come out of the deep learning algorithms and the d-wave computers at google and yada 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 i, I feel like the that technology what will manifest itself inside the metaverse before it manifests itself physically as an as a humanoid android or something you see what i'm saying like i i feel like th that's why for me it's important to talk about ai because you, you and i once the metaverse becomes this this thing that engulfs all of us you know ai will be in there we will be it'll be our siri it'll be our personal assistant It'll be our, it'll be a companion. It'll be, you know, our troubleshooter. It'll be a lot of things. Um, but, you know, do you think that like, do you think that assessment is crazy, somewhat true or a month no, or I, think that, I think that's perfectly accurate. I mean, uh, people might think well, a lot of AI, they think we've robots, but think about it. Um, let's just pick video games. You know, if we actually had AI 
in the game, think about it. You could have a whole different experience because the AI would be thinking for themselves. Mm-hmm. And say it's like an RPG, you could be they could be with your party and they could, you know, basically persuade you not to go down this route and go down the other route. Mm-hmm. It's, there's heaps of stuff, but um, you know, let's let's say like someone has depression. You know, there's a big thing about it called talk therapy, where um, basically if you actually talk to someone, you know, it actually it actually helps with their depression. Like, um, you know, it's just it's one of those things like, you know, even just talking to someone that might be down and has depression, it actually helps a lot. So imagine if someone, you know, they don't have anyone to talk to, but they jump into VR, so sudden, say something like similar to Second Life and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if it's AI, they can talk to that AI. They don't have to worry about, you know, someone being an idiot, you know, um, you know making fun of them or something. They can talk to the AI. They can have, a you know, a real conversation with them and that would actually help them mm-hmm. with something that they really can't get help with in the real world and there's a real want to get help with no sorry go ahead go ahead well i was saying like you know that it might help them that they can't get help in the real world or it's somewhere they don't want to get help with it because they would never want to speak to someone but with ai you know a lot of people can really have that disconnect where they're not a real person so i don't make actually happy to talk to them yeah maybe i don't know but i i think that you're onto something here because there's a real world issue happening with with elderly people that um you know get abandoned or get or 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 end up in in the senior homes and you know their families don't get in touch with them very often and um if i were a senior person and i'm like 85 90 or something and no one talks to me and you know and i've lived i've lived this life where i'm I'm trying to make value out of running my mouth, you know, like, and all of a sudden I can't, I can't talk to anyone because, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I might be a, a burden or, a, or a, a safety concern to myself and others. Like, this is where again AI comes in. I, I, there's this company or a few companies actually that have created these like robot seals that you know right right now all you do is pet them and they sort of interact with you and you know they it shows it's shown that these robot seals or robot plush toys are helping you know kids in hospital wards that are stuck with chronic diseases or really bad diseases or or elderly people who are lonely you know and just like what you said it's not a conversation but there's something physical that you are getting positive feedback out of and so I, th- I think that's another place where the metaverse can come in and solve some few things because I can speak from experience where my grandpa and I will play fucking Battlefield, Bad Company. It's been a bit since we played because I've been hella busy, but when we play Team Fortress or Battlefield, Bad Company, dude, it's on like Donkey Kong. And it's awesome, you know. It's it's and I would love to be in it, it like the next Splinter Cell co-op mission with him in VR and coordinate with him and fucking you know storm a fucking I don't know something something crazy like a a terrorist cell or whatever whatever it is that would be an amazing interaction and his physical body doesn't you know have to go through the strains of actually jumping over walls or all that nonsense i don't have health care so i don't that's a win-win for me too so well, exactly but also what if you know he's lost the use of his um you know legs or limbs mm-hmm. he's still you know he might only have limited movement or you know arthritis or something that's great because you know he can still do this kind of stuff and be with you and still kind of have the sensation of full mobility is that but okay? Let's let me play the devil's advocate because it, it, it some just like how you were mentioning earlier, um, where where pe- 
where people might end up you know harming themselves because they're in there too long you know uh, uh, wouldn't you devil's advocate is uh, opinion would say wouldn't wouldn't that be taking away from their humanity you know stra putting a, a screen over their face and sending them sending their brain off to another meta world like what do you think of that well i think that's one of the things i mean when we get the technology where we can actually literally plug our brains directly in and um we'll have the ability to move even though we might not have the ability to move in this reality i think that's i think it's a great thing you know as with anything it's always a double-edged sword you can have people that can abuse it or basically, uh, you know, they retreat to this world because it's it's better than their, their real world. Yeah. And that's, you know, obviously it's one of those things. You're going to have a lot of issues with people possibly withdrawing from the real world. And if there's nothing set up where they're going to be taken care of or they can actually be taken out and make sure they take care of themselves, you're going to have a lot of issues with that as well. But the thing is, is like it's with anything, yeah. just a double-edged sword. So, you know, you've got so much good that will come from it. And you have some people that use it for something different, but it doesn't outweigh how good it is. Mm -hmm. the, so, you know, it would be fantastic to be able to, you know, for these people, they can just transport them away. Or even just say kids, you know, they're getting bullied at school, to be able to transport their way into another world and actually be able to talk to friends and all that stuff, mm -hmm. regardless if they're human or NPCs. Yeah. It's just you know, that, that it's little things like that can help. You, you know, you'd be surprised little things like this that can help, you know, as you said with the animals, you know, it's one of those things that's called pet therapy, you know, just, it's just something about having an animal that, you know, I think it's one of those things that's just, it's an animal. It has unconditional love mm -hmm. no matter what. So it's one of those things where I think it just has, um, it just has that connection with a lot of people and who knows if, you know, we can recreate that with, you know, in virtual reality or even say robots but it's definitely um there's a lot of small little things that uh, you know vr can help with that people probably didn't even think of definitely and go ahead you know and it's sort of just talking about the double-edged sword idea about um the metaverse but but also ai because because here's the thing um i just read about it yesterday and today it, it's been going around where Elon Musk donated $10 million to, I think, the Future of Life Foundation. And it's essentially to avert <laughs> uh, machines becoming malignant or evil, you know. And, and so that and so he sees that AI might be a double edged sword. I, I mean, where could it and, and even in their talk, they were saying, like, you know, AI could be a positive outcome magnifier. Or a mistake magnifier, <laughs> and and so I wonder like what mistakes are they thinking about? Like what could and you know obviously the positive outcomes are like we might get rid of cancer. Who knows? We might get rid of um, poverty. We might get rid. We might be able to travel outside of the solar system faster than anything any anybody could have ever imagined. Or we we might go extinct. But what are your takes? Is there is there a double edged sword here? Is Elon Musk like uh, over uh, uh, overreacting? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, it's there's always a double edged sword, no matter what. I mean, uh, one side could be you know uh, minuscule of well, you know, bad consequence. But um, if we're thinking about you know his plan to like say you know send people into space and all that stuff, and with AI, think about it. AI has to learn for itself and grow. So it's like any human, they can basically turn out good or bad or somewhere neutral. 
Mm-hmm. So it's one of the things, that's the downside, you know, it's like you would hope, it's like as, you know, as parents, you know, you, you hope you do enough for your kid to, for them to turn out good. And, you know, it's one of those things. So, you know, with AI, it's basically the same thing. You know, you, you kind of have to try to instill the, the right things into the AI program and, you know, hopefully they will evolve from there and, you know, either go the route that they think is correct or the route they think is, you know, um, has to be done and, that could be, you know, sudden light by Centennial Man, or it could be sudden light Terminator. You oh, never know. I, you never, you truly don't. But uh, something you just mentioned about how you don't know how your kids might turn out, uh, and you, we don't, we won't know how AI will turn out. I think, I, I think it's, I think it's science and medicine are, you know, at the doorstep, or, or at least dipping their toes. Into a world where we might be able to tailor make make kids, and I say that in a in a way where like I don't want to give birth or I don't want to you know bring to the world a kid that might be a sociopath by no fault of their own. It might just be a DNA mismatch or mutation you know that causes their brain to make a you know a certain neural pattern that turns them into a sociopath. I wouldn't want that. I w- that would suck balls. And you know I think it'd be easier to to figure out how you know to figure out how to bring up children and humans that are not crazy whereas ai we have no clue we we might be playing into ai's game right now if for all i know uh, i don't know well i guess the only good thing with ai is um there's always a possibility to reset and try again uh depending you know on um i guess you know how localized they are mm. um but it's one of those things like um same with children, the, it's a double-edged sword because um, if you do it where you do DNA manipulation to make sure, you know, they remove these diseases they might have um, or, you know, genetic mutations, the issue is, is then you, you're most likely going to have the thing that people have been talking about, designer babies. Yeah. Are you, you know, against that or are you for that? that wants a baby exactly looking like this. Yeah. And, you know, there's not much you can do about that. <sighs> you are, are, what, what's your take on designer babies? Because I think... I think I think we can I think we can walk a fine line, but I want to hear your argument, your your opinion first. Honestly, I think it's one of those things. Um, I think we should just let nature take its course. I mean, sure, if we can help it along with certain things, like you know, okay, if they've got this mutation, you know, if we can fix it, great. But I think the fact that you know we're literally we're almost turning into a game, like oh yeah, we're gonna make sure it has blue eyes or mm. this or that. It's just I don't think it should be done because. You just, that's the thing, you know, the baby's meant to be the creation based on both parents, you know, so it's one of those things where, you know, if, if we're taking a lot of that stuff out of the equation, then, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, there's not going to be that much similarity uh, to the parents and it's, I just think it's, you know, better off to, to really stick to what nature has because, you know, the, the more we do that kind of stuff and the more we keep pushing the limit, the more and more, you know, where we're going to go over the limit and, you know, basically, you know, possibly destroy ourselves. I, again, I mean, I'm a very big sci-fi fan and, you know, love, you know, the outer limits and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, know, I, it's tough about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I here's I see both arguments though because on the one hand, you have, you just, like what you're saying, you know, let nature run its course. And if you let nature run its course, sure, it's random and sure, it's... It can be cruel because you might have a kid who's born with something that will 
you know, not give them the quality, the perceived subjective quality of life that you would want them to have, right? Um, in, in, in that area, I mean, because there's so many perspectives from to look at it from, like, bio, you know, the evolutionarily biological perspective where, you know, back in the day, 1,400 years ago, a thousand years ago, maybe even 200, 100 years ago, like if 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 a kid is is born with like a a, a paralyzing illness, he's fucked. He or she's fucked. Um, and now we have you know the ability in a lot of Western countries, especially to 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 give them more or less something, uh, you know to keep them to keep them surviving right because they can't hunt they can't you know if a kid who's born with you know name your whatever disease like yeah in the wild they would you know they would go they would just disappear but and so but but i think there's value in that because if we go the route of the designer baby i'm worried about the monotony that we would create you know, we would create all these perfect humans, and I imagine something like the potato famine, where you know we're not biologically diverse in our DNA because we fucked with our, you know, with our with our offspring from generation to generation that we all look the same, and then one disease comes along and f- destroys us all. Maybe I don't know. Or well, I, yeah. Well, I think there's two different. Um, sorry to cut you off. I think there's two different separate issues. Like um. Fixing a genetic mutation or genetic issues is one thing. Design a baby, at least how I see it, is more the person wants to make sure the kid has blue eyes, mm-hmm. you know, blonde hair, certain type of skin color, certain type of body, mm-hmm. face, that kind of stuff. And I think, I think that's you know, as long as um, it's not something that's basically going to hinder them in the real world, you know, like um, you know, Parkinson's, that kind of stuff. I think it's better off to you know, nip all that stuff in the butt if you can. But when it comes to designer babies, you know, the fact is, like, no, I want my kid to have blonde hair because I think they have to have blonde hair. I don't think that's a good use of the thing, and I I don't think it's worth messing with nature like that. I think there's a gray area, though, and, and let's explore this gray area, for, gray area for a bit because I, you and I, I think you and I agree in the fact that the designer baby idea of having a kid that is blue-eyed and blonde and four you know seven feet tall and big butt like that is that that is not what we're about but and at the same time i think we i think we can agree i think we can agree that you know if we had the choice to bring about someone to the world that is born with you know 80 percent chance of parkinson 90 percent chance of schizophrenia and we had the choice to nip it in the bud before they were even born I, I I would go for it. I would do it. But here's the gray area, though. I, the the third thing is, what if we could, what if we could make our kids smarter? Would you Would you do that? Like if if, if you could choose to give them, you know, Einstein sort of cognate cognate cognizant cognizant cognitive level sort of capabilities. Would you Would you go that route? Honestly, I mean, for me personally, I wouldn't as long as they would, um, you know, have an IQ that's standard higher, um, you know, obviously not low enough where it's going to cause issues, but I wouldn't. But then again, you can do the same thing, like, you know, someone perfectly healthy, they're going to have a great life, but they might have, you know, skin issues, you know, um, like their face might always have 
um, say pimples or you know s- s- scars from scratching or whatever. You know, they basically they'll have a lot of skin issues. You know, it's one of the things where it, that's where it starts creeping up. Like, okay, I want to make sure my kid has a, you know beautiful you know skin to make sure that okay, well you know they're fine everywhere else, but if I just do this, then that will make their life you know a lot better. Yeah, and but that's the thing. Then it starts getting to the point of oh, well, you know, I want to make sure they they don't have a cleft lip, you know, like mm. I have, and basically there's a lot of stuff that, you know, it would just slowly start adding up and then you basically, you've changed almost every single thing about the child where, you know, it's it's really, it started off as your DNA, but it's not really getting the parts. It, it's not really getting you know, the parts it needs from, you know, the parents anymore. It, well, okay. And to be more specific, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to, you know, mess with that like if it were a pokemon you know like or 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 whatever like i wouldn't you know want to tailor make a a kid but i think it'd be fucking awesome if one day i could say yeah that next stephen hawking kid uh, that is solving the hardest problems in quantum physics he came from my balls (laughs) like i want that and I, i don't care what he or she looks like but but you know, is that wrong for me to want? For for me to want someone who it will transcend and fucking supersede whatever, you know, I could come up with, cognitively wise. It's not wrong for you to want, you know, the best for your child, but um, it it's one of those moral dilemmas, I guess. You know, it might be wrong to you know basically modify the child to make sure they fit your view. Because that's the thing, like, you say, say you modify the child to have all this stuff and intelligent and all that, but then that's the thing, you know, what if they don't want to use the intelligence or they don't want to be the next Stephen Hawking, they want to be an actor? Well, they're or, in my balls, so I don't think they have yeah. consciousness yet, right? So no, I no, would... no, 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 but I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying, you know, we can modify all this stuff, mm-hmm. but basically the core, the core being of what they grow up to be might not be what the people want. Like, they might want someone that's, you know, going to be, you know, the the next Stephen Hawking. But, you know, that kid might grow up and he's like, I want to be an actor. But what and if... there's this great intellect and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things we can't really... We can't really modify how the kid's going to grow up. And I think that's the thing, you know, you, you've got an expectation, but it's not necessarily going to meet reality. Fuck you! I mean, you're. It's so complicated, and and I feel like we can go on for hours talking about this because I I'm trying to nail down where does intelligence come from, you know, in a in a scientific rational way. Because if we could nail that down, you know, what what makes people intelligent, then I regardless of whether this person became a, a scientist at NASA or you know the next great whatever, the just having an intelligent brain would be, and it, I mean, here's the thing, regardless of whether this person became a NASA engineer or the greatest stripper that's ever lived on fucking planet Earth, it doesn't matter to me because I gave birth to a human being that is completely and more intelligent than I, and if this person, you know, comes up to me and rationalizes, Dad, I want to become the greatest stripper that's ever lived, and uh, and this is, you know, this is my my pitch deck. This is this is my PowerPoint presentation as to why I can accomplish this. And she, you know, she throws up, or he or she throws up the numbers, and I go through them, and I'm like, fuck, go for it. 
you know, but, but in real, in reality, in the real world, it's not like that, right? Like, you know, when you, if you want to decide to go that route, a lot of times your family doesn't approve of it. And I don't know, man, it's a hard one. It's, it's a hard thing, but I think, I think as humans and as parents, we need to, we need to be the best we can be. And I think, you know, loving and understanding is the main thing we need to, because you know they might be intelligent and they might want to say you know as I said be a stripper or an actor but that's the thing though I mean if that's what they want to do yeah. then you know that's that's what they can do you know just all you got to do is just be there to love them support them and you know in general that's what you should be doing to, to you know all our brethren around the world just love and support and just be there for them yeah man it's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle with this for a while because I see both arguments. I see the uh, uh, I see the the potential to g- give birth to the next Carl Sagan, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your, you name it. Like, but at the same time, there is the possibility that I could I could be the father of the next Hitler. Like, fuck, well, I don't know that, right? It, it, I don't know. That's the thing, yeah. It's it's you know we can we can give them the best chance in the world, which is basically what we do now anyway, as much as we can, but. The, the way they turn out is purely them. And, you know, I know we can go through psychology and say, you know, uh, is it environment versus, you know, how they've been brought up? You know, it's it's really just, it's hard to say because, you know, there's so many things saying this way or that way or it's a combination, but it's still one of those things, you know, we can modify them to make them, you know, um, I think genetically at least uh, the perfect human being. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, it just... There's always going to be a random element, and that's always going to be the, as uh, some people put it, the human spirit. You know what? I got it now. I, 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 I think I've resolved it inside my head. Fuck having children. I'm just going to clone myself. I'm just going to clone myself, and it's going to be... I, it's gonna be uh, lollipops and rainbows because, <laughs> are you gonna, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be okay. I'm just gonna clone myself. <laughs> okay, well, this is a bad joke, but what if you don't want to play with yourself? What if I don't want to play with myself? <laughs> exactly. Oh, dude. Oh, I'll play. <laughs> I'm gonna play, dude. Trust me. I will. I, I, I think I mentioned in the last conversation we had, like, dude, I do. I fuck myself, like, you know, my own clone. <laughs> fuck, dude. Yeah, of course. Why not? Uh, is that incest though? Is that weird? Weird. Yes. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> you can do at the moment, but um, <laughs> uh, seeing as it's a direct copy. It's it's hard to say to be honest. I mean, it would be, I guess it might be under the definition. It seems it's I guess blood related, but yeah, it's 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 one of those weird things where you know we we haven't come to that point yet. And hopefully, we, we never do. But. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like that question of um, it's like that question if like if you you know back when you were twelve. Were you ever able to give yourself your uh, you know were you were you ever able to give yourself a, a blowjob? Cause I could, and and I struggled. I was like, dude, it, it. I don't know what. I don't know how to feel about this. Like, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm gay or if I or if I'm oh, if I'm normal or you know like. So in that same sense, like if I had sex with my own clone, am I? Is this incest? Is this? Is this? Is this? Is this bad? I don't know. I shouldn't have told you that. I used to you know give myself. I don't have the flexibility anymore. I'm old now, but. 
Fuck, those were some fun times. It was it was nice to be raised a Catholic, trust me. Well, well I think it's one of those things like um when it comes to sexuality, it's it's not always black and white. There's um I can't remember I was reading the article where they said there's a it's never hundred percent, there's a percentage. Mm-hmm. You know, and I th- it's one of those things like, you know, you I guess it's like you can say, you know, that's a handsome man. Mm-hmm. You're not gay, but it's not a hundred percent. You know, and it's one of those things. So, but that's the thing. When it comes to sexuality and just humans in general, there's no such thing as normal. There's a basically what might be the common standard. It's you know most common, but there's no such thing as normal. I agree. Because normal for someone is totally different from someone else. Yeah, I I want I think I think one of the things that I when I was growing up one of the things that I always wanted was I just wanted to be average. I just wanted to be normal. And whoever tells you that they're normal is downright fucking crazy. Because no one is. You're right. You're 100% right. Like you, and, 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 and then to admit that you're normal is an affirmation of denial. You know what I'm saying? Or, exactly. or, or an affirmation that you haven't explored your, your, your inner thoughts and your inner consciousness enough, I think. Exactly. But that's the thing now. You're telling other people that they're not normal. And that's, that's not fair because... There is no such thing as that, you know, every person, you know, is their own person. You know, they, they do their own thing and all that. And that's the thing, you know, the, the great thing about humans is diversity. Yeah. You know, based, you know, skin color, gender, eye color, shape, size, everything about that, you know, it's basically we've got a template, mm-hmm. but then everything else is randomized on that template. So we're all the same yet different, and that's what makes the human race fantastic and scary at the same time. That is that is a hundred percent correct. I agree. Um, yeah, I feel bad. You're normal. If you're listening to this and you think you're normal, go ahead. Think that way. <laughs> um, well, that, that's thing. Yeah, if you think you're normal, that's fine. But I, you know, I would classify what you're saying is normal is just the standard, or you know, that's the most common. I feel like. Do you think? Make it right or wrong. Do you think that? Um, by the way, normal. There's a, do you think normal and the word reality um, are constructs that evolve over time? So like, so like the, the normal of 1850 is not the normal of 2015. It's one of those things we, we constantly evolve no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Be it, you know, humans, speech, technology, you know, we're always evolving and uh, we can't necessarily say we're always evolving in a, you know, into a good area or a bad area, but everything's always evolving and no matter what, you know, you do, it's going to evolve and, you know, obviously going to change. Like, um, you know, the thing, look at our language, you know, things from the 1800s, you know, totally different meanings now, you know, um, you know, there's, you know, uh, people, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of um, changes have happened where, you know, there are certain things that, you know, aren't the same anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things here you know, we're just constantly evolving and it's, it's, it's fantastic really. Cause who knows what we will evolve into. If we'll stay at the same, if, you know, what sci-fi says, we'll, we'll grow into, you know, a, you know, an entity that's of pure energy or reascend or however they say it, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it would be great to, to um, kind of know what's coming, but also it's more fun to, to, enjoy the ride i'd say yeah 
let me ask you this if i were an instance we're talking about time in 1815 if if i were to um get a time machine and i don't have one but if i did and i were able to go to 1950s uh and bring someone from that era to 2015 and then i were able to go to 2065 and bring someone from that time to 2015 how would they view us? How would the 1950s person view the 2015 person? And how would the 2065 person view the 2015 person? Let's start with the two, the 1950 person. What, what would you think? They, how would they react to humans right now? I think they would possibly be a little shocked. Um, I guess that's the thing, though. You've got, you've got a lot of all... It's one of those things, you know, with any generation, anything, we've got a lot of horrible mindsets. And in the 50s, you know, uh, there's, you know, there was some horrible mindset. So to bring him over to now, it could be, it could be a thing where, you know, it's, you know, they might be happy, but depending how they were brought up and what they they believed in, they might think it's disgusting the way we live now. Mm -hmm. One of those things you never know, because um, it's one of those things. If you were born in the 50s and you've kind of seen the world change, I think you can accept it more. <clears throat> but if you're literally being catapulted from there to now, it's probably um, a harder leap for them to grasp. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to technology-wise, I don't think there's going to be really... I don't think they'll be shocked that much. Just um, we have grown a lot, but when it comes to sci-fi, most of the technology we have now was in some type of sci-fi. And, you know, back then, in mostly in the 1930s, they had those little sci-fi, you know, comic books and little books, you know, for sci-fi stories. So people had imagination of what we were going to do in the future and it might not match the same, but I don't think they'll be blown away as much as we would expect. One sec, Hold, let me ask you then, how would you think a person from the 1950s would react to trying out Crescent Bay? And I don't know if you've tried it yet, but from the the things that you've heard, I mean, how do you think they'd react? I think they'll definitely be shocked. I mean, look, I mean, you know, it's it's 2015, and we're still in shock and awe how great the Crescent Bay is, and we've used previous Oculus Rift. So to them, they'll probably be shocked because you know uh, they've never seen 3D animation like that from the video games. And depending on what it is, you know, it it literally, you know, it, it would scare them. You know, um, some people would be fantastic, with it, but some people might be scared for it. Like, but then again, I mean, you'd be a bit of an asshole if you you know got someone from the 1950s and threw them into dread holes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's one of those things. But um, I think you know, it's one of those things that they would they would probably see a beauty that we probably don't see anymore because we've grown up seeing technology, you know, um, technology change and graphics change. So for them to see, you know, even just those um, you know, those cute little cats that Ultra's Rift and where it's just a room full of those cute little cartoony kind of cats. Mm -hmm. To put them in that, they would probably blow their mind because they wouldn't have seen anything like that style before. Yeah. And to see like this 3D thing, it might have, they'll probably have issues trying to understand what this 3D object is. Because mm -hmm. they, you know, they probably uh, never had to deal with anything, you know, uh, a 3D object, you know, when it comes to a computer simulation. So I think they'll be blown away. Um, it's one of the things I don't think they'll be blown away as much based on their technology, but I think when we show them something like that, which was kind of sci science fiction, but it was mostly just words, they never really gave a person an idea of what it was like to be in there. They just kind of said it was like this this whole other world. For them to actually experience a whole other world, you know, I think, you know, it, it will blow their mind. I think so too. 
how would you think the person from 2065 would react? And by the way, I should have mentioned this earlier, but there's a bit of a, a clicking sound that I'm hearing on your end, and I don't know if it's you know um, a, something that's clicking or or uh, but yeah, if there's anything that could be done because it it might get a little distracting. Do you know, do you know what I'm hearing? Do you know? Do you... Yeah, I think it's just the headphones. It's uh, oh, okay. plastic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that, but. Yeah. How how would the person of the 19 2065 react to us in 2015? Probably ask us where our hoverboards are. Where the what? Um, <laughs> where the hoverboards are? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah um, I think they. I think it's one of those things. I think we're at the point where most of the basic technology, or the ways we interact, uh, we've got the foundation for it. And they're going to improve over time, but in the 65 years, I don't know what extra um, we would have there that would blow our minds. Because I think I think we're a lot more open now because we've got a better idea of basically what could um, happen. You know what what we literally could be with you know um, when we get to you know that that type of um, time frame. But it's still one of those things. You know we might not have the imagination to to even imagine what we literally could have created in that point. Yeah. So I think we might not be as shocked as the 50s just because we're pretty good technology-wise compared to the 50s. We've got a lot more technology. Um, we've got a better understanding or better understanding than some from the 1950s, but you know, I think we've got more imagination to know how this stuff can possibly go into the future. So I think we might not be as shocked as, you know, they're probably the same thing. As us, you know, from the someone from the 1950s, I won't be as shocked as we think. Yeah, I think it'll probably be the same way going forward. I've, I, okay, so let me tap into something you mentioned earlier and the hoverboard thing, because I want to go deeper into this idea of the hoverboard. I've, I've seen Back to the Future. I love the movie, um, but. And, and I've seen there's this Kickstarter from a company out here in SV that has this this platform. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a copper platform, and I can't remember the name of the company. But if I, oh, if I Hindo. The, the Hindo that's the one there exactly. It, yep. the, so I feel like that's the proto the proto hoverboard. Um, and and I wonder like, you know, how will that evolve? Like, will that will 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 we have you know, you know what? It'd be cool. Before I ask the question, if we had, you know, a whole new sets of sports that have that have these floors that you know, like a, a hockey rink, are just giant copper floors, and everybody is on this hoverboard thing, and you're either playing, um, I don't know, like soccer or something with a ball and a net with a hoverboard. I you can't. I don't think you can go wrong with that. Um. But do we need them? Do you think? Do you think like we we would actually benefit from having something like that? Is it because because it might be a double-edged sword too, right? Like it might have some pretty big impacts on 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 humanity. Well, I, yeah. Well, I think the I think the main double-edged sword with that is that um, obviously there's no there's no friction um, obviously on the ground, so you got air friction, but because it's got no friction, uh, basically, um, yeah, it's just it's going to keep going faster and faster and faster. But there's also going to be a certain point where the air resistance will, you know, um, have it at a certain point. But the thing is, is that if that's say we put that like say San Francisco going down, you know, one of the big ass hills, mm -hmm. you know, um, because we don't have the friction of the 
the road, if it's hovering, you know, uh, it's going to get to a, a very unsafe level. Like uh, currently now, if we just had a skateboard and we go down there, it's obviously at an unsafe level, but it's going to be even worse because the only thing to stop us is wind resistance. Yeah, unless they engineer some sort of wizardry that has some form of break and a parachute. Maybe you have a parachute. <laughs> and you, know, you, know, just, you know, just go right off to the edge of the, you know, edge of the pier and then, you know, just release the parachute, the parachute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. But um, it, it honestly, I mean, I mean, hell, if I had the money, I mean, I think if anyone had the money, they'd definitely go for a Hendo hoverboard. I mean, no doubt about it. It's 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 unique and it would be definitely fun to to try. You know, I would I would okay. Hoverboards are awesome, but I think I'd rather have a jetpack because. I my assumption is that a jetpack would be faster. A hydrogen powered jetpack that I'm making shit up, but I think it'd be cool. I think jetpacks would be cool if we, but the problem is again is like humans like flies crashing into buildings or um I, I don't know, warfare taking you know being taken to a whole another level. That's Call of Duty for you or um uh, I mean, what's the what's the double-edged sword there? Because travel could ch change completely all of a sudden. Well, okay. Well, uh, the one thing you can say is like, um, look at the bullet trains. Mm -hmm. They're you know somewhat similar where you know they literally glide on a cushion of air based on magnets. So you know, look how fast um, you know they go, and um, you know the technology is improving more and more where they're getting even faster. And they're going to like what some like three hundred and sixty miles per hour, some some crazy number like that. Mm -hmm. And you know when you um when you realize if that's going from like one side of the USA to the other, or say from USA all the way down to us in Australia, that would cut off so much time. Yeah. You know that it, it would make it easy enough to you know for people to go to another country. You know it would be it would be one of those things where it would be more enjoyable. I mean, I would rather be on a a train, even if it was a tad slower, um, not too much slower, but a tad slower than a plane, because you have a lot better, just, you know, better seats and better comfort. I want to piggyback on that idea and propose that we fund a trillion dollar hyperloop network that will connect every country on planet Earth. And you can go from... SF to Melbourne, Australia in two and a half hours and a circle around the world in 12 or less like that. And, and, and it's, that would be crazy. <laughs> and yeah, but it, is it even, is it even possible do you think, to, to canal or, or, or put a, a freaking hyperloop train across the Pacific ocean? Huh? That's one of those things, you know. Um, I think uh, obviously we've got the technology to do that, not at that um, that you know time frame, you know, two hours. But we've got the technology. We could literally create a bullet train, and uh, because we'll be going straight, you know, um, that would help. Because you know, when it, when you get around the curves, that's what um, slows it down. And um, they have got, you know, they are improving that technology. And what the latest thing is is um, they're actually getting the train to lean into the turns, so it doesn't have to basically um slow down as much mm -hmm. so uh, if you basically if you've got a where it's literally just a drip route which is very easy if you're going over the ocean or a lot easier i'd say than uh, based on land um you know then you've got the you've got the thing of you know 
be able to get up to certain speeds and be able to do that. And we have the technology to create that, but, you know, no one wants to spend the money to do it. But also, you know, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it is a kind of, I guess it's a little bit crazy when you've got something that can just fly over there and not have to worry about trying to maintain, you know, a huge amount of tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd so, be- you know. Yeah, it's one of those things. It'd be really nice. Let's take a, a, a sharp left turn back to virtual reality. And sure. I'd like to know more on your thoughts about how OSVR, um, because I feel like, so open source, I feel uh, what I'm seeing right now is I, I think the the lines have been are starting to get more clearly drawn between the closed source ecosystem of companies that are bringing along the metaverse and the open source you know set of companies that want to bring along a metaverse and i want to and and it's both on the hardware and software side with software you have web vr and mozilla and google uh trying to and then you know trying to create an open source metaverse but at the same time you'll have facebook and Samsung and Sony trying to create their own closed walled off gardens. And on the hardware side, I know I'm getting ranty. Um, you got Google, you know, you got cardboard, OS VR, all the Android, uh, a lot of the Android, uh, you know, HMDs can, are, are, can be open sourced. Um, and obviously Oculus and Morpheus. How do you think this relationship or this paradigm will develop? 2015 wise like how do you think it'll look like this year i think this year is going to be um i think it's going to be a lot better than last year we've got a lot of um we've got a lot of new players i mean um we're not you know obviously we're not going to really care about stuff like 3d head mm-hmm. or you know um that kind of stuff but when you got like stuff like osvr you know they are doing st- stuff that you know obviously is Basically, I haven't um, haven't looked into it much because I haven't had a chance to see much of the CES stuff. But um, I think it's basically, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's on the DK1 level or just a tad better. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously, if we can get to the DK1 level um, and have it basically as perfect as the Rift was originally and then start building on it from there, I think that's going to be the, the better bet because, mm-hmm. you know, Oculus is you know, done everything they can to improve their sensor boards, you know, to, you know, do a head translation and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if we can actually get an open source version that does it just as good as the DK1 did and hopefully, you know, it'd be better with the, the, the extra stuff we have with DK2, then, you know, it's one of those things where it would be great if we can do that. And I think it's going to get to the point where we're going to have an API that, Basically, you select what, um, you know, it's going to be like, you know, games back in the day with the graphics cards. Mm-hmm. You know, you select what um, hardware you've got, and then, you know, the API will convert it into whatever that hardware uses. So I think that's going to be something that's going to be coming on down the track. Let- um, and I think it's it's still going to have to be, you know, obviously you can't, you know, uh, well, if someone hacks it, maybe, but obviously right now it's not going to be where, you know, okay, I'm going to pretend to be a Oculus GK2, and, um, you know, just use this hardware. You know, obviously, we need the programmers and all that to create this API um, or this system so, you know, we can basically select, based on what model or what um, headset we've got, we can select what we've got, and then we can use the same game for all of them. 
let's let's run a thought experiment. Let's pretend you and I that we're going to start a um, a virtual reality company, and we're starting the Amazon shopping mall of virtual reality of the metaverse. You well, know how? convince me either wise which one is better for this particular app should we go closed source or should we go open source it's one of those things um i would say from a business perspective closed source first it's got the most um you know it's obviously got the you know the most active users then we go open source and then any other you know any other type of thing including um people that are you know, possibly doing even their homemade ones, you know, have an option for that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, you know, as time evolves, like, which uh, aspect or which ecosystem will thrive more? Um, will it be the, the walled gardens or will it be the open, you know, the wild... I don't know if it's, it's going to be a wild west. It'd be cool if it were, but the more open ecosystem of open source you know which one do you think will be will be more appealable to the masses i think it's the one that has both so we look at um you know look at apple with their ios closed world garden mm-hmm. um there's not really anything you can do to get past i mean obviously you can jailbreak and do that kind of stuff but in general you're kind of stuck there um but then you got android where it's got their own world garden but then they've actually got other stuff like you can use the Amazon store, you can download apps from actual people or even um, third-party shops as well. And I think it's better off because, you know, um, that's the thing. Android has the most share in the world now. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, yes, it is a, a bunch of different hardware, but that's probably the most similar thing to VR I can think of. You know, if, if Apple does jump into VR, it's going to be exactly like the iOS devices. It's going to be locked to their own stuff and all that. And same like Samsung. They want to lock to their own stuff. But the thing is, is that most likely there's going to be an option to be able to do something else or upload different programs. And I think VR is going to be like Android where, you know, regardless of what device you've got, we're most likely at a point we're going to be able to have a Wii can still use that device for certain games. Yeah. I keep asking. I keep. I keep asking this question, but you know, well, how long? And I don't know if I ever if I asked you this, but like, how long do you think it'll it'll take for Nintendo and Apple to jump in? Nintendo, I don't. Nintendo's a very different beast. Like, um, like if you ever read in news and all that stuff, like, um, a lot of people hate Nintendo's online system with friend codes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Nintendo actually has uh, at least from what I've heard, Nintendo has a. Uh, a directive that says, you know, don't, you, you're not allowed to ha- own the uh, competition's hardware. So basically, you know, Nintendo's separated themselves. So the way they've done their online internet multiplayer, um, you know, system is very different from PlayStation Xbox, which is basically very similar because they've, they don't know, you know, the people that are working on it, they aren't looking at their systems. They're going basically just from what they know. So it's a totally separate thing. So that's growing in a totally separate direction. So when it comes to Nintendo, I think I think we're probably not going to see anything. The Wii U is still very very young, and um, I don't I can't see it having enough power to really um, give us many experiences. Like I mean, if we look at um, how Samsung's got the the Galaxy you know Note. Um, it does give you a very good experience, but the whole issue with that is is that you still are limited by power, and 
it does create issues of you know how much how many games we can use or how big the game we can have there's a lot of ways to do it and all that stuff and that's the great thing about nintendo if they did bring it out they're very good at making sure that regardless of how powerful the hardware is you know they always get people that you know will work their way around it to make something that you know is smooth experience even though it's very limited hardware but I think we'd have to wait past the Wii U. So give it maybe five years if we go based on previous ones. Um, maybe five years, and then Nintendo might jump on board. Who knows? With Apple, I think it's probably expect that maybe near the end of this year or the year after. I think they're definitely going to jump on, and I think they're probably going to wait until Oculus has done theirs and see the see how it goes. Yeah, I you know I, there's a there's this thing that I keep hearing where. You know, people say, yeah, you know, the, the, everybody's going to compete with the HMDs in, in the HMD realm. And all of a sudden, Apple's going to jump in and it's going to blow everybody everybody away. Um, and I wonder if they will. I mean, I, 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 I have an iPad. I've, I've tried Mac OS. My girlfriend has a Mac. And it's I, I don't see anything wrong with it it's a really cool system it's they're really cool hardware overpriced but it's uh but but you know and i i saw that they posted for vr jobs recently but you know how good could it could it be it, are, 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 unless it's really really good at keeping secrets and they have a secret lab of geniuses working on it i, I can't think of them really coming out super strong or or maybe it's I, just me being skeptical. I, think I don't think they're going to come out super strong. I think, I think the issue is is that um, although Apple, you know, a lot of people say you know Apple, you know, came out and jumped on to made improved a lot of things, you know, when they brought out their phones compared to what was available at that point. I think the issue is is where talking about Apple back then, Apple now, I don't believe uh, anywhere near the same beast. And I'm not an Apple fan, but, you know, I mean, yes, I can say they've they've done good moves and all that stuff, but I think when it comes to Apple, they're not competing with people that just want to, or companies that just want to throw out a product that, you know, obviously could be improved on. It's basically, we need to get a product out, you know, um, we're not going to spend enough time on R&D to do, you know, to do everything that we would like to. We've got Oculus that is, you know, pushing virtuality, but... You know, they want to make sure everything is done. They've been very meticulous to make sure everything goes as smooth as possible. Yeah. And they want to make sure it's the best experience ever. So when you're going against a company that's trying to literally make the best product ever and not just get a product that's good enough, I think you're going to come up with a thing of it's probably not going to – I can't really say it's not going to do well because uh, when it comes to Apple, they do have, you know, they do have people like, it's Apple, I'm going to grab it, regardless of what it's like. That's true. So, yeah, kind of got to combat that. But when it comes to technology-wise, I think, you know, I think Oculus is going to be the main one that's in front of everyone because, you know, they are spending the, the time. But, you know, if you think about it, um, everyone, you know, everyone's up in arms with Facebook, which I understand. But if you think about it, they've been able to use the power of Facebook to get the people they need. You know, they've got a, a lot of very talented people over there and they are doing exactly what they need to do to get this product, not just out of a certain schedule, they're doing it right the first time. I agree. Is and it? That's, you know, it's when you've got someone doing it right the first time and they make sure they get the right people and they're exploring all the different options, mm -hmm. you can have a fantastic product. 
Is it a fair comparison? I've seen I've seen this comparison going around in the forums where people will refer will will start calling Oculus Apple and you know the Razer OS VR is Android. I mean, is that is there really a that much of a parallel between the two you know products and companies? I think it's one of those things. You know, um, people people latch onto the the product. Um, but then they usually latch onto the name of the company. So you know, I know a lot of people, you know, on on Reddit, you know, have um, you know, get annoyed, you know, how these um reporters keep saying, you know, the Oculus and all that. Um, and uh, that makes sense. But um, if you think about it, it doesn't help that it actually says Oculus DK two on the front mm-hmm. or developer kit. You know, it doesn't help because it's not. I don't think um I don't, I don't even think my I don't think the DK two even says Rift on. I think it just says Oculus Developer Kit. Let me check. I think you are correct. You're hundred percent correct. Yes, I mean it, it's very you know obviously they're not as passionate as us. So um you know they come in they try these things it's fantastic they they heard it's called the Rift you know they trying to you know simulate all this data and they've got pictures and all they see it says Oculus Development Kit two so they're probably gonna call it the Oculus. You know, so if, I think we need to give them a little bit of a break, but because um, you know we we love this stuff, we're there probably they're blown away by, it, but you know they're not, you know they're still, um, you know they still got a lot of other stuff they have to do, so they're not gonna be as focused. I think I think you're right. I think they they I think this is why it's important to have. Um, I think it's important that I, this is why we have podcasts like Rev Kyle, like Kent by like left handed like pod vr uh like vr gamers i don't know if i'm forgetting anybody else um but but in in road to vr and all these sources of information that are all about virtual reality because there's this need for that you know soul information um and i th- yeah i think you know diversity of Content is a good thing. If I were to suggest something to reporters, though, like that recall at the Oculus, I would say that calling it the Rift would be a better marketing move. It, it like because I think the when you say Rift, and I've had this happen to me where like I've I I told friends like hey yeah I'll call I'll show you the Rift, and they're like what holy fuck like they trip out about the name itself because <laughs> there's this it's a rift between I mean you obviously get the metaphor it's it's a the yeah. metaphor the rift between the reality and virtual reality this 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 is what it is but I yeah if I were if I were a reporter I would use that because it's 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 much more I think it just sounds way cooler but whatever think, whatever works well the one thing I do want to say is um. Uh, I have to say that uh, the community has been fantastic when it's come to CES coverage. Like mm-hmm. just looking at um, you know them popping in and helping people saying, "Oh, I know there was a review about like Ant VR." I know there wasn't many reviews there, but when people asked about Ant VR, you know, had other members jumping and saying, "Actually, you know, this guy did in another thread have a look," you know, and just it's just the great you know the whole great team at you know um, Road to VR. They've just done a fantastic job. They always have it. You know, they just keep improving and. You know they are giving. You know they are really the voice of the community. Yeah. They're not just a news site, and I do think they did a fantastic job with CES. Yeah, dude, Ben Lang has been fucking hustling. Um, yeah. From the very beginning, that dude is a straight up, straight up hustler. Um, so good on him and his future media empire. And I wanted, you know, sticking to our Oculus and the idea. There's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. And it's the phenomena of the hive mind. 
and you know the reddit hive mind the twitter hive mind whatever hive mind there's there's this thing happening with the internet that all of a sudden we can become you know collectively interconnected and be able to voice uh you know through the upvote system upvote system we're able to voice the, a a a collective sort of opinion and i i wonder like you know what are your thoughts on the hive mind today i'll tell you really quick my thoughts on the hive mind is I love it, but I'm also fucking terrified of it. It terrifies me because it's, you know, it's like a, I, I don't have an analogy for it. There really, I can't think of anything that I can compare it to. Um, and, I, and, and all I keep wondering is like, how is this going to evolve? How is this going to, how will this, what will this turn into once we have a full out metaverse? And what do you, what, I mean, what do you think? Well, I mean, at the hard mind, um, it's as we you know we, we discussed for a double-edged sword. You know it can be used for good and it can be used for you know bad. And it's one of those things that it is scary because you know um, I mean it, well like we've experienced as well. You know with the whole um, you know with the whole uh, Facebook acquisition. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember just waking up and I saw that and then I was really early on in start of the thread and um, the amount of people that started um, you know getting antsy about it. Uh, I was actually, you know, really quite surprised. And um, I saw someone send a horrible comment to, you know, Palmer himself. And I, I you know, and I, thought, I thought that's horrible. You know, I sent him a message and said, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry you're, you know, dealing with a few people that are idiots, you know. Um, you know, the community, you know, is, you know, happy for you. And, you know, give it literally 10 minutes later and all of a sudden there's like 300 bloody comments and it's growing, you know, at least like 50 comments a, a minute. Yeah. And it just grew into this huge thing and, that's the issue. I mean, uh, it just grew into this huge hive mind, and there were, that's thing, there were a lot of companies that tried to cash in on that as well. Yeah. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know there was a few companies um, or a few people that were cashing in saying, you know, well, I'm not um, supporting them or um, I'm going to be doing this instead, and I know they, they got uh, some people to support them as well, but that's the scary thing about the hive mind, you know. You... You've got people like me and a lot of other people that, you know, obviously we, you know, we support them or we, we can see the good in it, but you're overthrown by the hive mind. Yeah. You know, you're downvoted, you're basically there louder, you're not going to be heard, and it is scary because, you know, it just, it can get out of hand, and, you know, if you've ever been, you know, to a bunch of other places on Reddit, you've seen where it's got out of hand so much that people have actually got physically hurt. Yeah. Into the hive mind, and it can be scary, but it can be a good thing as well. You've seen the hive mind literally, you know, you know, get like you know eighty thousand uh, dollars just for charity. Yeah, I've seen that. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, so you know, it's it's so when those things can be used for good or evil. But, you know, what do you think? How do you think it'll evolve though into the future? Like, is it going to? My fear and my concern is that. Um, It'll become much more powerful because more people will be interconnected. More people will start connecting to the web and the metaverse, and and and. But it also, you know, it won't. It will, because the hive mind I think is can be extreme. Can be manipulated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I think it can be. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I struggle with it. I really do. I, because it's such a fascinating phenomena. It's one of the reasons why I I sort of you know lurk a lot on, on Reddit because it, it, I kind of I, I kind of approach it like a National Geographic documentarian. 
here is this wild animal you know that i have to respect and keep and keep my distance from or or, or, or you know like you know if you see what i'm saying like it's such a you, you, you gotta play the game otherwise you're gonna get bad yeah it's a yeah it's such a weird thing to see um because because my my idea of of the metaverse and follow me down a crazy road here i think that what vr and all of a sudden we're gonna you know one day we'll be able to harness the vr and the rift and whatever hmd we have to fully realize its empathetic potential right like in all we will have the ability to be everyone see everyone's lives and you know and, and start really empathizing like nothing has ever given us that you know like communicating empathy will be instantaneous and it'll you know it'll spread like wildfire and i wonder if that will create a hive mind that is more empathetic or a or or maybe or maybe this won't happen at all you know i i wonder if if you know who, if, if 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 there's now you know the way to you know like puppet strings control a hive mind because that's a lot of power to have if you if you could harness well, that. Well, I mean, uh, the, there is um, it's one of those things. If you are a pillar of the community and you know basically pretty much near the top, I think there's always a chance that you could easily manipulate. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's obviously all depends on the person. If you know they were you know even that kind of person, but it's it's one of those things. Like I think with anything, um, we're gonna have we're gonna have. We're gonna have a hive mind, and we're gonna have um, subsections within the hive mind. Like we've got the hive mind of um, Oculus Rift, mm-hmm. but then you know where you know based on the games we have, you know they're gonna obviously have their own servers and own games and their own community. So you've got a separate hive mind underneath, based on that. So it's kind of like you know, hey, you got the hive mind of Valve, but then you got the separate hive mind underneath for Team Fortress Two, you know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think we're gonna be having something very similar because you know. It seems people once they once they have something they enjoy, they seem to defend it even when you know it's kind of clearly shown that you know it's wrong. You you think- know, and that's the thing that like, people seem to have loyalty to game companies, and I can see that easily being a, a thing with um, not just Oculus, but you know um, the products that you know we're going to have to use on the Oculus as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a sentiment. I, I agree. I mean, I have a sentimental value. Uh, attached to the Legend of Zelda series, um, yeah. I I have a, a sentimental value attached to Banjo Kazooie. Um, you know, I, I for as much as I I shit on Nintendo sometimes, I love Nintendo. I I grew up with them. I was a Nintendo fanboy. Like I I my uh my friends would make fun of me in, in college. Like they would be like, because I had a Nintendo Wii, and everybody everybody else had a PS3, and they would tell me like, Chris, when are you gonna get a a big boy console, man. And I'm like, man, listen, dude, I'm, 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 I'm very social with this thing. Girls come to my house and play Wii Sports, and I, and that's where you know I saw the advantage of the Wii. It made, uh, it helped my sex life. So, <laughs> uh, but going back to Hive Mind, dude, I, I think. I have this theory, a crazy theory, that I think the hive mind is the future of democracy, or a form 
of democracy or some part of democracy because now i mean why is it that we're that we are in the 21st century and we have you know so much technology we have the technological infrastructure to you know co collectively rule planet earth but 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 you know i i but the masses i, I say this like i th i think of like i think about the masses and like this masses you know in the past were really dumb like you know you name it your 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 purges your your witch hunts you know though the masses could were used, used to be manipulated like that and i wonder if a democracy built around a, 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 a hive mind technology would make us better humans or or you know you know fuck shit up to the next level well, I think that's the thing. Like, I know um, politics in America, I think that is uh, basically a form of hive mind. You know, you're basically choosing your sides, you know, left or right. Um, I think that is a thing because, you know, you've got so many people that um, whatever their, you know, their side says, you know, they they take, they don't take it with a grain of salt, they just take it as, you know, fact and, you know, they go to, they go to the polls with that. It's like, you know, well, I support, you know, I support, you know, um, but the Democrats are I support. Um, what's the other? The Republicans. But here's the thing, dude. They're both the same. They're both the fucking same, and they're both puppets to the same, you know, pockets. I, <laughs> I studied political science for five years because I, I, I was like, fuck, this is gonna be, you know, government and you know, po politics. I'm gonna bring back politics to. In my mind, I was like, I'm gonna make politics clean again, or, or somehow. You know, it, it, naive, idealistic. I, I I thought about like you know changing the world through a political system, but I don't know, man. It, I I walked away sort of disillusioned because I I realized that power, true power, in the 21st century, is in the pockets of billionaires. I think. I mean. I I really. I mean. I think. Yeah, I think it's all theater, <laughs> and it's it's and it's cute to see it, but I don't know if it you know and it and it can and it has the it looks like it and it affects me, but I'm ready for something better. I really am. Like I, I we need to we have the technology like the six the six million dollar man we have we can build it better faster, more empathetic, more rational. I don't know. I'm sorry well, I mean, for interrupting, by the way. I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, it, I think it's one of those things. I mean, that happens, you know, uh, the same thing is basically happening, you know, over the world. Like, in Australia, we've got two parties mainly. You know, we have other parties, but there's two main ones, you know, Labour and Liberal. It's usually, back, you know, goes between those guys, you know, who's going to who's gonna um, basically be in charge for the next, you know, four years kind of thing. But uh, the difference is, is that um, everyone in Australia has to vote. And unfortunately, it's literally at the point where it's like, which one is just less evil? And it's it's like a zero point one percent less evil than the other one. Yeah. That's the way it's going, and it doesn't seem like there's really much change happening soon. Like, um, they recently we went from like a week to do paper ballots, mm -hmm. and we had one which was maybe like you know um, the size of a four sheet, you know, originally where we had the the parties there. This has gone on where I'm not joking. It's literally the length of maybe eight A4 sheets. Hmm. 
tend to their side going across. That's how long our balance sheet is now because we've got all these little um, little uh, ones trying to basically get into politics now. And it's good in one sense, but it's bad because now we've got all these people that are one one party policies. Like we just want you know, um, we just want you know uh, better you know better, you know better, better education or you know um, we even got a we even got um what is it. We've got a few uh, weird ones. So we've got one called the Sex Party. Mm-hmm. The got, Sex uh, like, the Sex Party? The Sex Party. And funny enough, it's actually not what you think. Oh, <laughs> you know, man. Yeah. Well, no, well, they're obviously, you know, like sexual education and that stuff. But, you okay. know, they've, they've got um, they've got a well-rounded policies kind of thing. Okay. But um, then we've got, you know, the Pirate Party. But then we've got, you know, ones like, you know, there's like a the Road Club Party where literally it's just to make sure certain type of engines aren't outlawed. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets ridiculous because it takes more and more and more away from, you know, the, the main thing. And it just kind of splits it up where it's still between, you know, these two big guys. And it's really just who's the less evil. And um, currently, a lot of people aren't happy with who we've got in power right now. Like, the, his approval rating is down quite low. And it's... He's doing a lot of stuff that is annoying a lot of people. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things like, you know you're pretty bad when not only have you had a budget that hasn't been passed through for a few months now because people are stalling on it, you know, um, you literally had to backtrack on something you just released because everyone was against it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things where, unfortunately, it's still stuck, you know, even though we're protected from in America, we're still stuck between the two parties and, it's one of those things which I don't really see changing soon unless somehow one of these smaller parties, you know, or these other parties, you know, that are still big but still not really powerful, if they come into power, that's probably the only way would get changed. And even then, hopefully they're not just going to, you know, screw us over as well. I, you've inspired me to start my own party, and it is going to be the actual sex party where we're going to learn from the bonobo, our cousin – that solves its conflicts through sex. So we're gonna fucking fuck <laughs> our way into the 22nd century. Uh, through because the sex party would be all about that. You have an argument with me? Let's have sex. You ha- we have a disagreement? Let's have sex. Uh, so basically, you're turning into a relationship. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, some oh, people I, do with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Why not? It works for the bonobos. We're, I, I, there's, they seem to be just fine. As long as I feel like, as long as we're like, we're not fucking family members or you know, underage kids, like adults, dude. Why not? We're cool. Like I, I think, I think, and I bet you, I would get twelve percent of the vote, like on the first election, the sex party, Chris Miranda's sex party, orgies and parties everywhere. You know what? I think, I think you probably would just, you know, um. Some people probably, you know, listen to what it is. Just people's like, oh my god, sex party, yes. Just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all, it's all in the marketing. It's all in the message, man. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, fuck, dude. It's, it's, yeah. It's a, it's. I'm. Well, for all the doom and gloom of of politics, I, I mean, I just heard a, a podcast with uh, Shane Smith and Joe Rogan where they were talking. Shane Smith is is the the um, one of the founders of Vice. Uh, you have you heard of Vice? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So Vice News and stuff. And um, one thing that I really liked that dude said was how they're about to release a a HBO special where they went around and they found scientists 
who were able to uh, so the way he sort of explained it, it was like uh, H the HIV virus, for example, is an, is an eater. It eats your T cells, right? Your your immune cells. Yeah. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm not, I'm speaking out of my element 90% of the time, so you already know this. But but um so but what they did was with the HIV virus, they're like, okay, so let's starve this motherfucker and let's you know turn it against cancer cells instead of immune cells, and it works. And there's uh, universities and research labs all over the U.S. that are, you know, playing with, not playing, but like are experimenting with HIV and measles, um, these viruses, and they're turning them into weapons, you know, that will cure us, uh, potentially. I find that extremely exciting. If we could, like, imagine if we could just get rid of cancer, like, forever, like, that would be amazing because f fuck cancer fuck chemo fuck all of that like that is that is I, I i'm i think people are ready for something new and i feel like um yeah i'm yeah this i, I read another article on reddit uh where by 2050 there's a you know group of scientists predicting that by then we will have solved cancer and there will and humans will will be freed from it and that's a long time that's 30, 35 years from now, I, I have to make sure that I don't get cancer. <laughs> so, so. Well, no, it's one of those things, you know, um, it's, it's pretty bad because I think, um, I can't remember the statistics, but basically almost everyone has someone that's had cancer or they know someone that's got cancer. And it's, it, it's not a, you know, people that I have to deal with it or people that have seen, you know, family mm -hmm. and friends go through it. It's, it's never pretty. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. I couldn't even yeah, imagine. And it, it's one of those things if we could, you know, even, I mean, it'd be great, you know, if we can get rid of it, but even if we just keep improving the, the drugs to either slow it down or, you know, get rid of it and make it not make such a volatile, you know, reaction to it, um, to make it, you know, a bit easier on the people that have it, that would be great. I mean, you know, I know, you know, certain people, you know, it might be too far gone, but the people that can possibly survive and, you know, they need chemo and all this other stuff, we keep improving those drugs to actually make it better Then, at least if we can get the drugs um, and, you know, the treatments down to a, you know, a, a better level mm -hmm. of comfort and all that and a better success rate, you know, then I think that would be the best way to go forward, um, you know, until we get the cure. I'm just crossing my fingers. I just I'm I, I, I want people to aim for this the researchers and doctors to ring, aim for the skies and just fucking nip this in the bud already. I, I you know it's because you know what it what is cancer after all? It's a mutation in your cells and it's completely random. Like uh, that's another thing I was reading where like you can have the healthiest, the most conscious life possible, uh, you know, to avoid cancer and you still might get it because random mutations happen and shit happens you know it's like i think there's like a 30 there's there's a 30% chance i don't want that i think that's it you know i feel like going back to the whole biology thing i feel i think we need to transcend the deficiencies in our biology already <laughs> and you know i think cures that are that that are like that would be amazing and don't worry about overpopulation because ai is going to take care of that Oh, you never know. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe I'll fix some of the issues for us as well. Yeah, maybe. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll... I've got to say, I think the, I think the best, I think the best um, medical device I've ever seen on a sci-fi movie or TV show was um, a fire extinguisher. 
What? They literally, yeah, they, they literally just freeze that person. So, like, cryogenically freeze them with a fire extinguisher, um, and basically they get transported wherever they need to, and they basically just, you know, um, cure them before their, you know, their body you know, has time to actually do anything. So, someone that's, you know, got stabbed and all that, and they're bleeding out, frozen. You know, they literally might have been ten seconds away from death, but now they can actually repair it before, you know, the body's, you know, kind of kickstarted again. I don't. Uh, here's something I would love to have, and I might not ever see it, but, and I think I brought this up before, but like I want. Because I don't trust other people to touch my body, unless unless I want you to. But the thing is, um, in, in this in the medical sense, like I I doctors scare the shit out of me because <laughs> here it is this this stranger, you know, and I have it's like almost with everything we have to we have to trust people. Like you get on a plane, you have to trust this guy. You get on a bus, you have to trust the guy. You go to the doctor and he's doing minor knee surgery. You gotta trust this guy, and he's gonna put you to sleep with his anesthesiologist. And you know he could do horrible things to you, or he could fix you. I want to fix myself. That plain and simple. Like if I have a chronic joint pain, or if I have some sort of ulcer in my stomach, like I want to swallow a robot pill thing that will that i can you see where i'm going with this i can use a vr hmd to control the robot as it is exploring down my body and this robot has the little tools little arms that can like fix you up inside or you know or 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 cure you like i would i would i wouldn't mind just operating on myself because then i'd be like you know then well the issue with that is is that you're still trusting the programmer to to, you know, to know what they're doing when, you know, the, the little nanobot or whatever it is gets to the point, it's got to repair and runs the program. I would trust programs and computers more than humans, though. Uh, just I think about uh, the, the statistics of medical malpractice that, that are that are out there, like, you know, and I, and I don't know if there's a direct parallel, but like, not, for example, 90% of all car accidents are human error. You know, if we could replace all humans... But with with self-driving vehicles, we would in just in America, I think we would save forty thousand lives a year. Exactly. Uh, I mean, look at Google's um, self-driving car. Yeah. It's only been in one accident, and that wasn't their fault. And it, and so, from a lawsuit or like a a legal insurance perspective, no, no, like no, 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 in a whole thing, like it's been on the roads for so long. Oh. It's only ever happened one accident, but yeah. that accident wasn't even the, the you know the car's fault. It couldn't do anything to to save itself. Well, yeah. So, you know, yeah, so that just, you know, that kind of shows, you know, how, you know, um, how good that system is. And, you know, it, it literally could be, I think that would be the best thing ever. Yeah. I think about it, you've had a long day at work, you get in your car, but then you can enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. This is, so, a, you know, yeah, it'd just be nice to be driven home and not have to worry about, you know, driving. Exactly. This is why I think, I think if the technology gets there, and I don't know if I'll see it in my lifetime, but if it gets there, I would trust a, a robot doctor over a human doctor another i mean another thing that i keep that keeps buzzing in my mind and staying on the subject of medicine is like when when will we get to the point where we'll be able to carry a a, a thing that can scan our our blood um i don't a, a device that you can carry around or you can have around the house or something and you you scan your blood once a day or something and it'll tell you well listen you have you're deficient 30% in magnesium. You're def- you need 40% zinc. 
and and then it, it directs you directly to the amounts of you know calories vitamins phytonutrients that you need like what if we could like you know to operate at the most optimum level tailor-made for your body like that would be amazing if all of a sudden we were able to harness that data like if i were able to say chris your your brain is overheating you know slow it down buddy go go take 10 deep breaths and you know you know like that would be amazing like all of a sudden my body would become a biological machine that i could analyze um and i i, I really hope i see that would you ever be willing to jump on board and, and like be able to see every single aspect of your body and every single process and be able to have a change in them and affect it easily like um i'm i'm into home automation and you know um you know i do have you know kind of stuff like that for health you know like you know go in the bathroom step on the scales you know you know um mirror tells you what your weight is previously all, all that kind of stuff reminds me if i need to take let's say one the c pills or something like that mm-hmm. you know um you know all that stuff and you know i know there is a um i know there is a what is it um there's a there's a group that's basically um, giving prize money for a Star Trek tricorder. They've huh. got very specific goals, and people have been working on it. And um, basically, whoever gets it and gets there first, you know, obviously is going to get this money, and it'll be made into a real product. But they've got a very special thing where you know it's got to be compact enough. Um, it, it's got to do certain things. Um, it's got to be a certain size and all that stuff. And people are working their way, and people have made um, these tricorders where you know it's. It is, you know, it's a bit bulky, but, you know, it's still portal. But it can, you know, like check, you know, the stuff in your blood, uh, check all that kind of stuff, you know, as a, you know, just on the spot kind of thing. And they're slowly trying to make it small, small, small to get into basically this um, kind of somewhat big stick in to the- hold to do all this stuff. And, you know, and we've got the technology now. It's just they're trying to shrink it enough and have it, um, you know, good enough where it doesn't need, you know, much better power as well. In, enlighten me in terms of what can it do? What is it that it can do? Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. Um, I know, um, i trying to think about it. I can't even remember what the, the specific thing was. Um, I think it was, uh, here we go. So let me just look on here. So XPRIZE mm-hmm. um, for Tricorder, so I'm pretty sure this is it. So they need specifically, um, there's specifically certain things they need to, to know about so they it's got to be portable it's got to be wireless and it's got to uh monitor but also diagnose certain health conditions so um it actually tells me exactly what um no it's not telling me exactly what but you know it's basically to you know um i think with certain things you know basically a lot of it was blood mm-hmm. uh, another thing was scanning mm-hmm. um and the other one is analyzing um, certain things as well. So it, it's really just basically, you know, um, someone's on the ground, you use their blood, it'll tell you if, you know, I guess it can tell you if they've got too much sugar in their blood, like diabetic, or um, it can scan, you know, certain wound points to basically see, you know, if there is something lost in there, that kind of stuff. So uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, they had a very specific uh, set of rules that they wanted to, wanted to, um, have in a certain size as well because they want to manufacture and have it for you know when people are out and about i like this i hope i hope it becomes a product um really soon but i i I, how far away do you think the technology will be before 
it's in everybody's pocket or home? Um, it's hard to say, to be honest. Uh, well, according to this, they've been actually open for 3.5 years so far, hmm. and they're still, um, yeah, they're still, people are still trying to, to do it, but I believe the, I believe mm, last time I looked at it, I think every single thing they wanted to have scanned or processed actually is capable of being done. It's trying to get into a, a portable form factor where it's like a tricorder, like, you know, uh, this is like a phone, you can hold it and do all the stuff then and there. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's one of those things, you know, they're still trying to do it, but I believe all the actual technology behind it is already there to scan all this stuff and, you know, it would be great to, you know, um, be able to have that in the home. You know, you step on your scales, it scans you in the morning, tells you, you know, you've got any issues, you know, updates your health, tells you if, you know, you're better than last week or that kind of stuff. I think I think that's a big thing, and I think that's why all these um, health trackers and all that stuff have become very popular as well. Let me ask you about, is this a technology that is also a double-edged sword? You know, what's, what's the other edge of the sword if there is one? Uh, okay, well, it could be used to, off the top of my head, just um, scan someone, find their weakness, say they could be diabetic, and you literally could, I guess, you know, slip sugar into this, you know, into their um, food or even inject them with a sugar shot, and, you know, you literally could be used for assassination, I guess. Yeah, that's a great way to get rid of your husband or wife. Like, <laughs> I see that. I can yeah. see that happening. Yeah, so, you know, or, you know, might find they've got an allergy, so you put that in the food, bam. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. You're right there. That information is a double-edged sword. There, right yeah, there. Well, who knows? Maybe you know someone's crazy enough to use it in the dating scene. They check it to see if you know this person's even worth being, you know, possibly your future husband or future wife. That uh, ooh, that's a good point. That's <laughs> a really good point. Yeah, because because that the most that is a very good point because we're gonna if we if that information, for example, became exploitable and 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 because it should be private that's it should be just for you right and and the people you want to trust with it right but if what if you know what if people could see you know everybody's uh you know you kind of like google glass or whatever you you'd walk into a a speed dating room and you'd be able to see everybody's health profile like oh this guy has 400% 400% more blood, you know, uh, cholesterol than the average person. This, this, this gal has, you know, hepatitis C. I don't know. Like that would be, we would probably like, we would probably run out of people to make people. Cause, yeah. <laughs> cause we, we, cause we're all in one way, shape or form broken. Like I didn't, I haven't made it to 27 unscathed. I have scars, I you know, physical, psychological from the time I was caught up in an earthquake while on the toilet, like that's traumatic. Um and I and you I shoot Huh? You shoot yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I, that is an understatement. <laughs> I actually got yeah, I got caught up in a, in an earthquake and I and I was just so scared that I I didn't even wipe, I just ran. And I, you know, I should have ducked and covered, but instead I ran, um, without wiping and it was disgusting and people made fun of me, but that is life. And going back to that idea of, you know, discriminating based on health, 
do you think that uh, that might be a reality one day like as as a technology because well could... i mean the thing about it we do it um you know people do it now as a human race we do it now like um someone that's you know um obviously bigger they could actually be healthy it's just you know naturally they're bigger uh, but you know mm-hmm. they could be healthy. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically they can run, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But people are going to judge by looks and all that. So you know, we we have we basically have that anyway. We've got a lot of prejudices out there, and you know, it's um, you know, it's just it's pretty sad that you know we can't really you know enjoy the differences everyone has. Yeah, uh, that's why we need to be more like the bonobo. I'm telling you. <laughs> We need to we need to study the brain of the bonobo and understand why it is the way that they act that way, and f- f- concentrate on the molecules and the you know neural processes that are happening inside the bonobo brain that make it want to fuck, and create a drug that you can turn into an aerosol and drop bombs of that love drug all over planet Earth. And everybody will just have that bonobo gene in them, you know, you know, just by that brain. Well, that's kind of similar to um, a movie Aaron was watching a few years ago where basically all of society was given happy pills. Oh. And, yeah, I don't know if you've seen it. but I haven't yeah, seen basically, it. Yeah, well, basically everyone's given happy pills, but um, it literally is basically to the detriment of the human society and some people... Um, I think they forgot to take the pills or whatever. Um, and I just remember the the end was basically they were trying to create a pill to even it out, and they basically made it down a pill. But the whole point was, is you know, um, because everyone's so happy. Yeah. Uh, the issue was is um they they lost motivation and a lot of other stuff. You know, there, there's a reason why there's always a balance. You know, you know, if you think about it, if you don't have evil, then you know, you don't have you know anything to compare good to. You know, there's always everything is a double-edged sword. You always have to have the opposite to, you know, to really understand, you know, why it's bad or you know, a different point of view. I I I agree. Where like a happy pill would be a bad idea because you need suffering to form character, and you need and you need struggle to form, you know, a better, you know, version of yourself. Um, but I'm still sticking by my idea of turning the bonobo sex gene into an aerosol and dropping it uh, on every country in the world, including our own, uh, and making us more like them. <laughs> because bonobos don't discriminate. I mean, bonobos don't discriminate. Men and men, women and women, men, women, men, men women, women, men. Yeah. Well, that's very true. They party. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, what makes humans unique is their differences. So, you know, regardless of, you know, anyone's, you know, race, gender, anything like that, just just enjoy it. That's true. That's true. Here's a question that I've been asking a lot, and I don't know if people are getting tired of it, but I'm, I want to I wanna know your thoughts. Can you prove to me that we are not in a simulation right now? There's no way to prove that. Why? I think the issue is, you know, um, I know, you know, people say, well, if you do this in prison simulation, but if it's a simulation, I'm sure they're, you know, I'm sure we're being checked on. So there's nothing saying they're not going to make sure that what we do to prove that it isn't a simulation, they're not going to simulate um, the effects to say they're not, we're not in one. Oh, you intelligent man, you. 
yeah, this thing, you know, I mean, I can understand, you know, it, you know, it's, you know, there's always flaws in every system, but, you know, that's the thing I'm pretty sure, you know, um, if it's an experiment, they would want to, you know, make sure that it's not going to be contaminated. So I'm sure they would have certain things like that in place. Damn. Damn. Oh, I was trying to, man, I've been on a, I've been on a journey to figure out whether I'm on a simulation or not. And you just completely, uh, toppled my, uh, house of cards. So thank you for that. I will stop thinking about it now because <laughs> you're right. It's true. Like if, if, if I were a trap, if we were in a simulation, I mean, there's the possibility that it is a, a simulation with a, with an overseer, there's a possibility that the overseer of the simulation doesn't want to get involved, right? Maybe, maybe yeah. it's just trying to let this, you know, hypothetical life process run its course and see what happens. Maybe, maybe it's an experiment, or maybe you're right. Maybe there is, you know, the the matrix and the architect and you know the oracle, and they're all watching us and they're making sure that we're not, you know, that if, if that we're if we st if we start uncovering things, then. They'll start, you know, putting a blanket over it. And yeah. well, I think about it. I think how long human existence has been, at least, at least from what we know. Who knows that simulation could have been started with history, you know? But if we have been going this long, they could have been the people that did put us in a simulation. If we are in one, they could have been long gone, abandoned us, or you know, or just died. Yeah. So you know, yeah, it's one of those things, and you know, um, it's you know, as stuff, you know, stuff breaks down and gets older and older, you get um, certain little bugs and issues and that's the thing you know nothing's 100 percent safe so you know it's secure so there's always you know there's always a way to find something so i'm sure there's always going to be a way to find out if it's a simulation or not but that could take you know years and years this is where this is where we could f I, I i i have a crazy idea i like all my ideas but this one might might turn into something because we're you know what is reality i think and I might be a hundred percent wrong. My reality is a, a fabric, and when you and, and if you zoom in like a, with a with a microscope into the fabric of reality, you go from atoms to electrons to protons to quarks to you know super string fields theoretically. But what comes after that? What do you what do you what what comes after strings? You know, like these these like. What if we could see beyond, like beyond them? What makes them up? You know, will, will we be able to kind of like a fabric? If you if you look through it hard enough, you'll be able to peek through the other side. What do you? You know, no, um, like uh, I think um, I think the Doctor Seuss book of Horton uh, Hears a Who is probably perfect for this. Yeah, it's a little tiny speck, but um, when you um, you know, but when you go through the story, that speck has a whole world on it. And then um, in the movie, they actually had another spec on top of the spec, and that had its own world on it as well. Mindfuck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the enormity of the universe and the, the microscopic scales, you know, is, man, it, it's something that, like, I, I don't know, it just revs my engine somehow. Like, just, it makes me want to know more about it because there's... And the problem is, I don't. I'm probably gonna die an ignorant man, you know, for all I for all intents and purposes. Like, there's so much to know about, you know, the m m cosmic, uh, the cosmic arena and the quantum arena. Like, there, there's people who dedicate their whole lives, and I just, yeah, I'm. I hope, I hope I can just augment my brain, and maybe that might give me the uh, ability to 
understand a little bit better and use that knowledge to I don't know, create clones that I can fuck. I don't know, man. Well, uh, you know, that's the thing. If you're gonna do that, I mean, do you even need the body to do it? Do I need what? Do you even need a body to do that? Literally just being something like, you know, demolition man, just the mind connection. Did I lose you? Are you still there? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. Uh, the mind yeah. can just say that again? Oh, so, like, that's the same, like, um... Like, you know, uh, with Demolition Man, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they the way they do it is, you know, literally by sending thoughts and impulses into the brain to basically, you know, um, create the same sensation but in the brain instead of, you know, through the physical touch and all that. So you technically don't even need a body. Would you ever consider the idea of leaving your body and, and turning your consciousness into this um, free-willing you know, sort of explorative, interdimensional thing? It's really hard to say. Um, I think if there, if I, I think if I was guaranteed that I could go back to my body if I wanted, I think, you know, I think it would be worth the risk. But if it's literally, you know, um, literally transforming into this new new thing, it's one of those things where, you know, now it's a, it's a totally new to the new world, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and because you don't have a body, you now it's you know, like what, what do I have to avoid where I'm not going to get hurt? So you know, it's it, it's interesting, but also I think it's one of those things that that is a lot to put onto a single person yeah. as well. And, you know, and that's the thing. Like you, it could be that you know you might have singled yourself out. You can't. You now you can't. You know, um, communicate with anyone. Yeah. There's so, you know, yeah, there's always a there's always a downside to everything. Uh, so you you're you're scared of being lonely. Oh, I think I'm scared of you know a lot of things. Like think about it. Uh, if you if you do this, mm -hmm. you could think about it, you could basically possibly live forever, and there's no way for you to communicate with anyone, and your mind's still basically technically the same as it is now. You, I think you're most likely gonna break. After so many years isolated alone, and you don't have to release the death, I think you. I think most likely you would break. Oh, fuck, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> that's crazy, but I, but I want it because I don't want to die. <laughs> and every explanation that I can find that tells me why we die is insufficient to me. And I feel like there is so much to learn. And I feel cheated that all I get is motherfucking 75 to 100 years, maybe. I'll probably get assassinated. But but that's – I feel lame. That's lame. Why? I don't want that. I want more. I need. I want to know more. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's not about the length. It's about how you use your time. I mean, look at all these other species that have, you know, half the life rate of us. See, but that's the thing they say about penis size, and at the same time, big penises have a pretty have it pretty pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I and I, you know, I you can see it both ways. I think if we're gonna live free as human beings, I I think we should have the choice. I if I want to, yeah. But but if you know, it'd be cool though, like you know, to solve the the loneliness problem. If I could meld my consciousness 
with someone else. You know, like if I could, you know, a bunch of people, if I could get you, James Blaha, Manish Gupta, John Carmack, Palmer, Elon Musk, if I fucking uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, throw in the Pope, why not? Throw in um, the Dalai Lama, throw throw in like you know the smartest people you can fucking find, you know, and and the coolest people you can find. Joe Rogan would be cool. Joey Coco Diaz would be cool. Um, there's so many fucking people. I, I, if I could harness all the VR community and and take their 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 collective consciousness and let's bring it along together, like, would that be, would that be, would that suck? Or would get would we get tired of each other? Like, you know, would people start you know getting tired of my consciousness? Oh, Chris, you know, get over it. You're never gonna be a bonobo. Well, it's one of those things. Um, but um. You don't know what you just created then. I just what? You just created a hive mind. Oh. Well, in that <laughs> case. <laughs> you, you created a hive mind, but um, obviously, you know, there's, you know, people, um, you know, obviously you're all connected and all that, but obviously they've still got their own personalities. Yeah. But I think it's one of those things that's like, you know, um, you could relate that back to, you know, people that live on an island. You know, you, you get along, you know, it's, you know, it's one of those things, but... The issue is the length of time that you would be, you know, around for. If there's no new people, I think, you know, it's one of those things where it's possibly going to get to you, yeah. especially depending on what you do. Like, if you transcend, you know, time and space, it's like, um, you know, you might be there, but then you might be bored shitless because there's nothing around now. You know, or, you know, wherever you've gone, you might not be able to, you know, um, experience this other stuff now. You might not be able to do stuff that, you know, you used to like. You might, you, you might be in this totally different dimension or whatever it would be, and, you know, there might not be anything around. Let me let me throw this back at you. What if, oh, and by the way, I don't, I recommend Chris, Chris Nolan, the director of Interstellar, mentioned this book called Flatland, A Romance of Many Dimensions, that I've been reading that is really fucking hard to read <laughs> because and it's and he talks he, Nolan talked about how like a, a huge part of Interstellar a good chunk of it was inspired by this book so I've been reading it and it deals with interdimensional beings this or you know this author tries Edwin Abbott here's he's trying to you know, cre- create this 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 world where inter- you know the interdimensional beings reside, and I think that if we were to become interdimensional, I feel like I would find meaning in becoming a tourist, a time tourist, a space tourist, because I can transcend both, right? Yeah. And I can just go learn and. Man, but then what after? The, what comes after that? What do I do with that knowledge? <sighs> All I want to do is just become a bonobo. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe you can actually take everyone and you know literally live their life. And 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 do what? Well, that's the thing. You know, who knows? Um, with you know being you know um like that, you might actually be literally be able to take over lives or you know um you know physical objects and yeah. literally become a bonobo. Maybe. I you know uh, I I feel like aliens are actual. Uh, I have two theories. If if there were aliens, I don't really like to talk about aliens because I don't know fucking anything about them, and I I usually don't like talking about things that I don't know much about. Well, what a hypocrite! I'm a huge hypocrite because I do talk about things I don't know anything about. 
But um, aliens, I my theory is if there were ones, I think they're glitches in the simulation, or they're future humans that have become interdimensional and are just fucking becoming. Then they're, they're just tourists, or or maybe there is something out there. What do you think? What's your theories? What are your? How do you justify or that that question? It's one of those things. It's very hard to justify it either way. I assumption-wise, I would say most likely there's got to be life out there. Yeah. You know, if life happened on this planet, we've seen planets that they can be somewhat similar to ours. So you've got to assume that, however it was created on ours, it's possibly happened somewhere else. Yeah. But um, then again, that's the thing. You know, it could be we might have been a, a fluke as well. There's always a possibility. Slim, I would think, but a possibility that we're a fluke and there is life on other planets, but it's vegetation and all that stuff, and we're literally the only, you know, planet that has, you know, animals and humans, hmm. and, you know, basically creatures. So it's one of those things. Yeah, it's hard to hard to say, but I really do believe that there's got to be something out there that's living. Yeah, there, there's. I, yeah, I'm with you. There is. There has to be. It just, but whether it's intelligent, that's a whole nother question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't know. I don't really know. I hope, I hope we see it. I hope we see something, a glimpse of it in our lifetimes. Imagine what the fucking news would look like the next day. Wow, like people, I don't think people would be ready. I don't think people uh, would ever be ready. There, there's a quote where it says, you know, a person is smart, but people are dumb. Mm, that makes sense. And that's the thing, you know. Um, I think. It's hard to say. Like, I mean, it doesn't help that most of the media regarding, you know, aliens is obviously invasion or they're going to kill us all. You know, there's there's not that many out there where it's, you know, like they've come in peace and, you know, they've, you know, um, you know, we, we live, co- you know, we coexist and that kind of stuff. There's not many of those um, movies out there compared to the ones where basically they're, you know, they're all murderous and they're going to kill us. So I don't think that helps with the perception um, either. But um, I don't know. I think I think if that happened, um, I think there's probably a good chance that we would, you know, we would work it out. But um, yeah, it's one of those things. You know, you, then you've got to worry about tensions with different countries and all that, and what's going to happen with this now. So yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it it's literally it's a game of chance. It's Russian roulette. The, either you get the one, yeah. Either you get, you know, everything is basically okay, or you get that one where everything goes to goes to shit. My hope is that in if if it were ever possible, I mean, again, we're in weird land. Like if if it were possible where we got a signal from something from someone out there, and it is intelligible, we have no idea what it is, but we can say conclusively, like. There's a signal. There's something coming out of planet A438 from, you know, that nearby star. I don't know if that's Alpha Centauri or one of the nearby stars where they discovered 10 uh, Earth-like planets that are in the sweet spot, right? Like, if we discovered a signal from that, I would, uh, my, the the bright side, the, the bright side of the possibility would be that we would become... You know, all all our petty arguments, all our wars for resources, all of our um, disagreements over semantic bullshit. I think we would like put those aside, and for better or for worse, I think we might form a world government that would 
instantly try to create starship troopers because we wouldn't know we would have to f prepare as and we would just accelerate the shit out of technology you know and and try to you know uh, prepare ourselves because we wouldn't again we wouldn't know so why take the chance right well i think that's the thing i would love to think it that way but i think the with the way with the way humans are you know we've got people that hate people just for you know the color of the skin or their you know sexual identity yeah. and it's, it's not logical so you know it's one of those things i unfortunately i don't think it's going to be a long time until we get to the point where you know that that is deemed you know 100 percent unacceptable it's unacceptable now but to to everyone no not so much and it's it's sad that you know as a human race you know we we've we've grown and improved but we haven't improved as much as i think we could have yeah do you are you still there yeah i you know i'm i'm you know when you said about like how people just hate people because of the color of their skin or random bullshit like this is why I'm hopeful for VR because I think eventually this thing will become an empathy machine and we will communicate empathy w with each other. And all of a sudden the person who hates the other person because they're a different color or religion or a culture or they're born just somewhere else on planet earth, you know, I, I, and, and then they were able to experience their lives through their eyes and see what it's like to be, you know, uh, fucking an Inuit person living in Alaska or see what it's like to be you know I, I can go on forever like a, a kid growing up in a favela or you know a Chinese factory worker if we're, I mean whether for good or bad like I think you know I think we would find out two things we would find out A um, oh my god this human is just like me, um, and they have hopes and dreams just like me. Or B, we'd find out that, oh my god, I don't feel anything, and I think I'm a sociopath. Or C. Ah, oh, thank you. No, uh, or C, which one is C? Apparently C is available to a lot of people. <laughs> that too, that too, definitely, because it's freedom, you know, freedom to choose whether you want to be hook yourself up yeah. to the empathy machine, definitely. One issue with the Rift is um, when it gets commercialized, like the Morpheus, I really hate to think it's gonna be, it's gonna be um, Xbox Live, but now with people using the fingers. Mm. That's the main worry. Yeah, but I feel like that's um, that is going to be a sector of that world. You know, I feel like uh, you know we will have the ability to hang out with. In, in, with gamers where gamers like to play and we'll be able to go hang out with people who like to philosophize uh, in you know 1917 Vienna no 1970s World War Two, so not there but uh, 1897 Vienna you know uh, or in a cafe and be able to philosophize in there or you know have chat therapies and you would just make a, a living by having conversations with people and that's it that's all and the and it would you would have a fulfilling life because you would add value and gain value from engaging in what makes us human you know this this thing that we can do with our mouths that communicate thoughts 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, I you know I do know there actually is stuff like that in Second Life, where people will pay to have a conversation. Yeah. Really? So, you know, yeah. It's like um, I've I've seen it in the real world as well. Um, not necessarily pay, but you know there there has been a few things here and there where it's like you know it's got a guy just sitting on the side of the road or a woman and just says you know um, conversations free or whatever. But um, yeah, I have seen in Second Life where you know they have people where you know they will pay a certain amount and they will get to talk to that person about, you know, anything they want. It can be, you know, any subject or it could literally be just listen to their problems and trying to offer support. Hmm. It's, it's a thing. And, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, well, yeah, there's always going to be some way to, you know, monetize that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think second life is a proof of concept of, a proto metaverse the fact that it works that we could actually make a living in with digital currencies doing things inside a digital world um, that don't involve much labor because the way things are going eventually I think you know the idea that we're gonna be living in a post scarcity economy and a huge chunk of that is because of you know deep learning and AI the jobs are gonna gonna get automated um and it's the rise of that is going to be exponential i think i think we need this i think we need a, a metaverse economy i keep saying this i think it's it's beyond morally imperative it's survival shit because we're not I, you know i keep saying this fuck and I, I hate to sound like a broken record but like i weren't jeremy howard has this talk on ted that scared the shit out of me because because i realized that once this this AI, this deep learning, the the ability to you know for machines to learn how to learn and do you know the labor intensive and even cognitive intensive rotary jobs, you know, and those go away. What happens to us? What are we doing? What do we what do we got left? You know, and people will say like, oh, we've been here before with the industrial revolution. Other jobs will come up, but not really. Not really. This is different. This is like, this is this is insane. What I I'm gonna te have you seen that TED talk? Uh, no, I don't. I'm gonna link you to it because I'm I, I and then I'll, I, I'll shoot me an email. Let me know what you think because it's crazy. It's a it, it's a crazy thing. And in the and at the end he's like, yeah, our socioeconomic systems, capitalism, uh, is a global is you know our globalized world. Is not, is not ready for that for for that eventuality and that's why the metaverse economy is is a necessity i mean what else do we have what we you know how do we counterbalance the effect of the ai economy well i guess it's um i guess it all depends um there's definitely there's always going to be something that humans are going to be better at it um compared to robots or ai or more preferred so there's always going to be stuff like that but yeah, it's one of those things, you know, regardless, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have robots taking over jobs that, you know, um, we're not going to be able to replace with something else. Yeah. And, you know, AI and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, who knows, it could, um, it could all end up to be something similar to Star Trek where they have no, they don't have money, everyone's basically taken care of and, you know, um, yeah, people do jobs because, you know, that's, that's what they want to do. I yeah, I want that. Would be nice. Yeah, it would be nice if we could actually you know get to that point. Okay, but but the kind of argument would be like, wouldn't people get lazy though? Wouldn't people get uh con con content with just being you know couch potatoes? 
I don't think so because um, it's one of those things, you know. Uh, I think that as humans, we've got to drive. Mm-hmm. And although we can be lazy and all that kind of stuff, there's only so much we can take. And I don't know if you've ever, um, you know, uh, ever had a weed. Like, you know, you, um, you know, you've been looking for a job and you haven't had a chance to find anything like a month or so, or, yeah. you know, basically there's been a time in between, or, you know, you've been in a job where basically there's no work at all. Been there. Been there. Definitely been there. Exactly. Yeah. So you can, you know, that when it's stuff like that, you are literally drained more than when you're working, when you're in a job that literally nothing's happening, happening at all. You know, you feel a hell of a lot tired at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I think when it comes to being lazy, there's only a certain amount of internet and Netflix you can do. You want to go out, you want to do other stuff. And I think we do need a passion and that can either be through work or it can be through a hobby, but we need something. Yeah. And uh, I think that's why, you know, I think that's why we've got, you know, um, that's why we don't have that many people that are that lazy. I mean, we, we have people that, you know, can do it, but I think as a, in the general population, it's not that many compared to the, the full population. I think you're right. Yeah. But, um, oh, well, what if, what if, what if this person, so what if in this economy or this new world where there's no money, like what if this person got addicted to drugs? And the system is just, you know, keeping them alive to keep using. Like, what, what do you, how do you respond to that? Again, I'm with you, by the way. So I'm just asking you hard questions yeah. because it's, well, you know, it makes a yeah, good conversation. Thing, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say because, I mean, uh, when you throw drugs into the mix, you know, it's obviously going to change the, the brain chemistry. So mm-hmm. it's literally, you know, they are addictive and all that. So I think if it was addictive and, um, I guess we can take um, stuff like, you know, being addicted to, you know, video games and all that stuff. There's certain people that get really addicted to it. They, if they don't, if they're left unchecked, it just keeps going and going and going. But I think that's a fundamental issue with them as a person. They've got an addictive personality or there's obviously something that is causing um, them to, to do that. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's the thing. When it comes to drug usage, um, there's, you know, there's, bunch of people that have recreational but there's also a lot of people that use it to escape their world which is kind of like what you know vr can be used for as well but that's the thing a lot of people might not have a good home life or might get bullied at school or something like that so if they can get away from all that um i think you probably notice that they probably wouldn't be dealing with the drugs anymore unless they got really really addicted yeah, and that's why yeah. we have a lot of a lot of people that can get off the drugs and you know improve their life and basically they never go back to it or you know they might relapse but that's the thing they use that at a certain low point in their life. There's definitely there's definitely uh, huge amounts of reasons why people do do drugs. Um, yeah. But but I think there's a valid argument in what you said. I mean there's there's definitely I mean. Let's philosophize here, because what? Is, why are we here? What does it mean to be alive? Why do we have these brains that are the most complex, most intelligent piece of gray matter in the universe, and yet I'm working at McDonald's? What the fuck? You know, like <laughs> exactly. So that, I think that's the thing. Like, um, that's the I guess that's the idealized version when it comes to Star Trek. You know, people decide what they want to do and they go towards it. So, you know, if they, you know, if they really want to be an engineer, you know, doing plasma course or whatever, yeah. you know, they can. But, you know, if they want to be a politician, they can as well. So it's one of those things where, you know, um, they've got a choice now. True. And 
I think that's the thing. Um, it's a good and a bad thing. You know, when you give someone choice, uh, it makes it easy for them, but also makes it harder. Yeah. Like, if you ever had Netflix and, you know, you spend 20 minutes just trying to find a movie to watch because it's just so much choice. Mm-hmm. It can be a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. By the way, if you're making an honest living at McDonald's, good on you. But I would love a world where you pursue the things that make you happy and give you purpose, you know. Because I, I think this, we could, we can, I can spend, I can easily spend my whole life trying to figure that out and trying to answer that question. And the fact that I have to deal with rent and money and all the bullshit that comes with it gets in the way of my pursuit for purpose. It does, because, you know, you need more money to be able to get, to be able to do the pursue, you know, what you want to do. So it's, you know, it's an yeah. endless cycle. Yeah, we need to, we need to figure out a way to crash the world economy. Uh, good, sir. It has been <laughs> a honor and pleasure. I like talking to you because I can just release. So yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for indulging me in my bullshit and craziness. Um, I lo- I love talking to you, man. But um, anytime. And I wish we had talked more about your VR projects. I will have you on again so we can focus on that a little bit more. Um, no problem. How can people stay in touch and how can people follow what you're doing and all that good stuff? Um, honestly, I haven't really bothered to get a website, Twitter, or anything up, or screenshots. Um, it's mostly just purely on my side, so I haven't really released anything to anyone, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, that Reddit, I'm always up for talks, you know, about anything or nothing, um, you know, uh, just, you know, keep doing that stuff, and, um, I guess I'll try to see if I can get some videos or some pictures up and release them, just so, you know, people get an idea of what, what I'm working on. Yeah, that sounds very exciting. Please keep doing what you're doing. Keep being a scholar, a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. And thank you again for your time, Matt. No problem. Thank you.